With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey, good morning, family. Welcome back. And what a hell of a weekend in these United States. The revolution will not be televised. It will be digitized. Good morning, everyone. A lot of people are asking, like, what can you do? And I know exactly what you can do. In these days and times, I want to share some of my ideas with you. Good morning to you. Hopefully uh, you're COVID free. Hopefully you're not incarcerated in one of the many jail cells around the country, around the city, around the county. Of course, there were protests throughout the city of Cincinnati. You know that. Peaceful, so-called peaceful protests during the day. And then um, less peaceful during the evening here in the city of Cincinnati. And I've got a few things to say. First off, I'll be honest with you. I love it. I love it. We need more of it. I hope the protesters come back tonight. Hope they do the same thing yes, they did yesterday and over the weekend tonight. Because this city needs to wake its ass up. And the black folks in the city need to wake up as well because we have been asleep. We needed people from outside the 513 to come in here and, and, and get things popping. Now it's going to be left up to the Cincinnatians, the folks who live here, who claim Cincinnati to decide their own fate, to decide their own future. And the show gets started in just a couple of minutes. Please share this, family. Share this on social media with your friends, your family, your family members, your colleagues, whoever you believe may be interested in a show such as this. And we'll get started in just a couple of minutes. Good morning. Again, good morning to the choppers. We just got the live stream up on Facebook. Is it time for a revolution? Two things that you can do today to foster a change in the local paradigm. I want to share with you. I don't care who you are. You can be white. You can be black. You can be young. You can be old. Two things you can do today to change the paradigm in Cincinnati. As a matter of fact, you can take these two things and put them in place anywhere in the country to spark a revolution, to be a change agent in these particular days and times, because that's what it's all about. If you ain't talking change, then you ain't talking. If you're not talking how we can change the paradigm, then you're not talking. If you're not talking about hijacking the local political system, wherever local is for you, then you ain't got nothing to talk about, homie. Good morning. We have a lot to discuss here on the show this morning. Let me throw the number out to the ether, 513-873-7134. And I need my social media ambassadors to help share the show. Please share the show in all of your spaces where you are on social media this morning. And we'll get started in just a couple seconds.
Hey, good morning, family. Yes, I will be talking about uh, Mr. Pastor, as long as well as many other things. Some may be on your radar screen. They may not be on your radar screen as it relates directly to the city of Cincinnati. We'll be talking about everything that happened over the weekend, what the elected officials are saying, what local law enforcement is saying, what actually went down. If you have photographs and videos that you'd like me to share with a larger audience, please hit me up with a DM during the show. I'll try to get it up on the screen. Okay? I love what I saw over the weekend. So many citizen journalists out there with their phones documenting from their own individual perspective what is going on, where they live. The revolution is now. Hey, good morning, fam. If you live in the greater Cincinnati area and beyond, hey, good morning to you. I hope wherever you are, you're having a great morning. Here in the city of Cincinnati, like a lot of major cities, we're digging out of the rubble, so to speak. How much rubble is there really? There's a lot of talk about the so-called destruction downtown. Good morning to you, Nathan Ivy, with you. And many things to discuss this morning. If you want to share your thoughts, I've got the number up on the screen. You can do so very easily. 513-873-7134. Let me just kick it right off, family, and tell you what you can do in these days and times, because this is what you call a ripe opportunity right now. First, let me give you my thoughts about what I saw over the weekend. What I saw over the weekend can, and there's a little bit of a, I see that's coming in from the window over here in my studio, on to me, a little bit of a sunlight. I have to take care of that during the next break so it doesn't shine into my eyes, but 
Good morning to you. So here's what you can do. I'm going to share with you in the next 15 minutes what you can do with these particular days and times. I've had several people call me. I've had white folks call me and say, Nate, we're concerned. What can we do? Uh, I'm going to tell you what you can do. It's a little different for white folks, but I can tell you what you can do uh, this morning. 513-873-7134. First off, without getting very specific, and this is a general question for anybody who's listening, no matter where you may be, in particular in the greater Cincinnati area, but what is your overall impression of what you've seen over the last few days. Are you pleased that the protest that happened overnight happened? Because what happened yesterday during the day was the the peaceful protest. You know, that was the designer protest. Everybody shows up. You know, everybody's still comfortable. It's during the daytime. Everybody takes time with the microphones. I mean, elect people running for office, get the microphone. Elected officials get the microphone. I I knew that was going to happen on Saturday. Okay. The, the 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 real drama, the drama that's getting all the headlines where property got destroyed. And again, uh, I, in no way, you know, shout out to uh, Black Coffee, Means Cameron and his crew and all the black businesses that were affected by it. There's nobody in the world that wants that to happen. There's no black person, no black woman in Cincinnati who's like, oh, yeah, that's a great thing. Unfortunately, it is collateral damage in the overall movement for oppressed people. Uh, and their voices to be heard, and not just their voices, but for the power system to understand because they react with real actions. I mean, what happened in Minneapolis is resonating all over the city because you got the same problems. And despite what the mayor of Cincinnati said back on Friday about how this is a distraction, it is not a distraction, Mr. Mayor. It is a reaction. Like, if you don't understand why people in Cincinnati are upset about what happened in Minneapolis— then you don't know your city, sir. You don't know. Like, if you're sitting around like, well, why are they? It wasn't Cincinnati cops. It wasn't Cincinnati. If, if that is your mentality, then you don't understand. You're out of the loop. You don't know what the people are going through. You have no idea. You're ignorant at the wheel. If you're an elected official, hold on, I'm getting a message here. Uh, you're saying the sound is very, okay, we'll, we'll pop it up there. Thank you so much, Pat. Appreciate it. That should sound much better. Hold on one second here. Uh, Let's make sure we're getting all. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. There we go. Sorry about that. If you were having some issues with the sound uh, via uh, the live stream, uh, I think I'm taking care of that. So the question is, is it time for a revolution? Is it time for a revolution, in my opinion, in your opinion? That's what I want to know. I think the time is now because elected officials are watching. They're paying attention. Uh, There has never been a moment since, well, the civil unrest that I can remember when uh, people are more open to hearing the concerns of primarily non-white people in the greater Cincinnati area. And the reason is, is because they don't want to deal with that stuff they saw overnight. My wife, how how are we sounding on? Hold on, let me check on Facebook here. Um, Brandon Rice, yes, there we go. Sorry about that. Gotcha, I missed all that opening. Damn, I was on one. I was on one. What's up, everybody? What's up, Damon? What's up, Kiki? Brandon? C? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Good morning to you. Were you out and about? Please share your videos with me. I want to put them up on the stream. I see uh, Clue Magic is already. Thank you, Clue. I'm going to share that as well. Lots of things to discuss. I can't possibly see everything, but there's a lot of stuff going on. There's information of provocateurs who might have infiltrated all over the country, perhaps in Cincinnati as well. The, the so-called peaceful protest and then start committing acts of vandalism and or violence 
and blaming it on the peaceful black protesters. I'm glad to see people are calling that out. It's happening all over the country. And in the city of Cincinnati, the people were like, well, these people are not from Cincinnati. We needed these people from who, who are not from Cincinnati to come to Cincinnati because Cincinnati black folks don't have a stomach for that, generally speaking. Like the folks that's got the cloud and the, 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 the they, that, all that's over with. So it's a, you need some new energy to come into the bloodstream to try to uh, to bring something new to the situation. That's what I think. Hey, what's up, Fast Pitch? Good morning to you. If you are out and about, I want to get your thoughts in particular because you are the media. You are on the streets. I want to get your thoughts. My wife is terrified. Every time I left the house over the weekend, she's calling me like 14 times, sending me a message. You okay? You okay? You okay? You okay? I'm okay, wifey. I appreciate it. Part of the reason why she was so upset is that on Saturday night, that's, yeah, Saturday night, I wasn't here. I was out um, covering the protest. And she said that uh, four police officers knocked on our door. Four police officers, four Cincinnati police officers, all white males, got out of a car, came up onto our porch on Saturday, knocked on the door. And she said she was she didn't open the door. So that's scared the bejesus out of her. And uh, that ain't the first time since I've been doing it online. I don't know what it was all about. I've got a good mind to call up to the precinct to get an understanding of why they were there and what they were looking for. Were you searching for warrants? Were they just knocking on doors or people in the neighborhood? Was that Friday night? I think it was Saturday night. And we do know that the protests, once they put the curfew on lockdown in downtown Cincinnati, because downtown Cincinnati is so much more important than anywhere else. How are you going to have a curfew in just downtown Cincinnati? Who came up with that idea? Because if you do that, it's going to push people from downtown up to uptown to Clifton, just like they did. Just like they did. And I saw a video that somebody posted inside the Friends page of a black female who was a part of the protest just yesterday. And she said she got the feeling that the police were sort of guiding the protesters along a, along a pre-planned route. And that's because you are. They do. They, know, they sit down and come up with these plans way years in advance on how they want to flow the traffic to minimize the potential damage uh, to so-called property. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. But what do you think? Brandon Rice, you need to call, brother. You're talking about that. <laughs> um, I don't know if he was a big winner of the weekend or a big loser of the weekend, but he made a lot of headlines. I'm talking about everybody's favorite black council member, and that's uh, Jeff Pastor, Pastor X. I saw he was down at Inwood Park, and he's got a lot of stuff he's dealing with. Because at some point, he was like, some of y'all probably called me a coon. I'm like, is this the right place and time for that, Jeff? But... It seemed like the, con the the crowd was overall really responding to him. I guess Jeff is caught up with that whole, I'm still a black man, even though I'm a black Republican thing, which is his cross to bear. I'm not going to get in there. He can do his own lifting on that one. But yeah, he was everywhere. And there's mixed reactions to Jeff Pastor in the media. I want to get your thoughts. We know the brother. Many of you voted for him. Many of us voted for him. So let's talk about it. That's a part of the story as well. 513-873-7134. If you would like to share your thoughts this morning. She says she can't see me. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm here. I just want to put that up. Yeah, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, I did see Jeff Pastor. He was out and about over the weekend and um he was very emotional. What is that? Friday night because some children he said were were a part of the whole mix. And I agree, children should not be a part of this. This is grown folk stuff. However, the youth are in danger too. You know, black youth get caught up with law enforcement as well. Tamir Rice comes to mind. 
the relationship between law enforcement and black youth, like people under 18, around 18, that's important as well. So they have every right to see what's going on. But I think there's a time and place. I wasn't in that particular moment, you know, so I don't know what Jeff Pastor saw, but uh, somebody gave him a microphone again on Saturday. And he hit the microphone. <laughs> he hit the microphone with passion. Uh, the brother has passion. I will certainly give him that. Uh, here is my number again if you want to share your thoughts. Uh, it only comes with one caveat. Open your mind before you open your mouth. Other than that, it's all good. Do you. Be you. 513-873-7134. If you'd like to share your thoughts this morning. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I mean, my initial reaction was that when I saw that the protests were, it were number one, I just knew that when they set a curfew, people were going were gonna to break it. That was number one. Like, local law enforcement, local officials got exactly what they wanted. They put the curfew in place because they wanted to be able to, to have a reason to, to arrest people and to force people off the streets of downtown Cincinnati. But in doing so, you're not, you're not causing more of a confrontation. And that's exactly what happened. The protest was like, F that. We ain't going nowhere. Make us. Which could not be unexpected, especially Sunday. By Sunday, you already knew the mode, the mode, the mood and the pulse of the, 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 the so-called protesters. And when I was out, it was a mix. There were people from Cincinnati. There were some people who seemed like they were not from Cincinnati. I saw black folks and white folks, young and old. As it got later, it got younger. And there are some people, man, this is what they do. They go from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati, and they get it started. This is what they do. And perhaps this is exactly what we need in the city of Cincinnati, because this city needs a wake-up call. People run around here telling me, well, why are they downtown? Why are they near this? Downtown and the over the, the over-investment, right? You know, the city leadership has invested in the business district to the detriment of working class, poor communities, black communities for years and years and years. I ain't even bring up the stadium. Whose idea was that? So I think that people are articulate enough, sophisticated enough, smart enough to understand the larger politics about how their neighborhoods have been gentrified, about how their sisters and brothers have been beaten by law enforcement. Yeah, there's a lot of stories that happen that never make the news. It never makes the news. It never never becomes a headline. And people are dealing with this. And enough is enough all over the country. And that's what you're seeing. We it doesn't have to, we don't give a damn if this ain't Minneapolis. So it could be. It could be. So what? So what? Would you say Minneapolis and we ain't so what? And you got the uniform on. It's what you represent. It is what it is, homie. If you don't want people to hit the streets, then when they tell you what they need and what they want, listen. That's it. It's real simple. But the elites in Cincinnati have been running things through the legal system, through the political system for so long that people understand and have a good idea of what's really going on. They know it's separate to Cincinnati's. They understand it 100%. And that's why people are reacting. We don't need to be in Minneapolis. Save all that, John Cranley. You just ain't Minneapolis. So it's America. This is America, right? All righty then. It is what it is. 513-873-7134. More information is coming out about the officers who killed George Floyd. I'll share that with you in just a couple of minutes. But good morning to everybody. Thank you for being here. I want to go straight to the choppers this morning. 
Hold on, hold on. I'm going to go straight to the choppers this morning and bring them up onto the screen and, and greet you. I hope you had a great weekend. Did you go out? Did you go to any of the uh, the protests? See, for me, I think it's all necessary. I like all of it. I like the so-called peaceful protest that they had, you know, on Saturday. I think that's necessary. Like, it's necessary for, for black people, concerned people in the city of Cincinnati to react to what's happening to this national story because it sends a message to local knuckleheads, white supremacists, and anybody else that we is about that business, period. That, yeah, you will get a local response when something happens to the family. I think that's necessary. And this might be radical, but I think it's also necessary what we saw in the evening. All of it's necessary. Because when it's just peaceful and everybody sings, and you got somebody doing uh, praise dancing, they praise dancing while they're talking and all this, nobody paying attention to that. It's nice. In terms of unity, it's great. But it ain't really busting a grape. You know it and I know it. Nobody's going to react to that. Oh, they, they, they protest in the left. Oh, that's nice. Now, what are the Reds doing tonight, right? <laughs> On to the next thing. But what I've noticed is that when you start tearing it up, people start tussling around, mofos start getting, blood starts on the streets, that's when people start paying attention. I'm being honest with you. Now, I also believe that there's a way to spoil a moment as well. There is a way to spoil a moment. You know, I think that I think it's righteous to a point at some point then the media will use it against the actual movement. Like, oh, y'all on some blood type stuff. I think there's a point to it. But overall, uh, over the weekend, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But what do you think? 513-873-7134. If you like to share this, share your thoughts this morning. I love to hear them. Uh, Cassandra is in the house this morning. She writes, hey, beautiful uh, people, happy Monday. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful Monday. It's a glorious Monday. It's a glorious Monday. It is. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the Cincinnati area moving forward. Like, what is going to be the reaction? In my opinion, there's two things you can do at this particular moment. You can join a movement. There might be somebody out there that has a movement. You're like, oh, yeah, I like what they're doing. Join them. Join them. And start a movement. You should do both. Join a movement and start a movement. I think that everyone listening right now, every last one of us has a unique experience. And through that unique experience, you have something unique to share with the family. Do it. Start it. Start it. Join a movement. Start a movement. 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 That's what you can do. You can do that in Cincinnati. You can do that in Dayton. You can do that in Columbus. You can do that in Louisville. Things got ill in Louisville. We'll talk about it. You can do that in Minneapolis. You can do it anywhere. Join a movement. Start a movement. That's what anyone listening and watching right now can do. People want to know, what can you do? That's what you can do. Join a movement. Start a movement. Real simple. Like, we're about to, something tells me that the country and particular cities are about to start doing what we could have been doing anyway. But, you know, that's water under the bridge. We here where we are. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Appreciate it. Is it time for a revolution? It's been time for a revolution, man. It was time for a revolution in Cincinnati back in 2015 when that report came out and said it's two separate Cincinnati's. We should have been on one back then. So, yeah, it's way past it. Um, but what do you think? 513-873-7134 this morning, if you want to share your thoughts. Start a, start a movement, 
join a movement. Or to be more alphabetically correct, join a movement, start a movement. Join a movement, start a movement. Join a movement, start a movement. Another night foul brings more tear gas arrests as Cincinnati protests escalate for third day. Anybody get hit with the tear gas over the weekend? That shit sting, don't it? Ooh, sorry with the language. Ooh, man. That boy stings. Woo. That's the last thing you want to deal with. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to deal with. When the tear gas car's going, that it should kill you, man. Literally. Tear gas will kill you. If you got like some pre-existing like asthma or something like that, to take you out the game real quick. Real quick. Another nightfall brings more tear gas arrests as Cincinnati protests escalate for third day. What we need is biblical. We need 40 days and 40 nights on the streets of Cincinnati. We need to get biblical in this mofo. That's what we need to do, uh, in my honest opinion. So I do know that uh, there was a Cincinnati police officer who was shot at. I'm glad to see the officer is not dead or very, uh, to this point, I haven't got any more information. Maybe you got more information than I do or not seriously injured because that'll change the nature of the conversation. It'll change the nature of the conversation completely. Glad to hear that. And also for the personal well-being of that particular officer. But, you know, it's a it's a difficult job. I saw all the Cincinnati police officers out there in riot gear. Good. They need to go face-to-face with the police. Some of the looks I saw in the officer's eyes, like, oh, this is real. Good. 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 You need to feel that. Maybe it'll wake your ass up next time you see some crazy-ish. Uh, speaking of Cincinnati police officers, um... We talked about a black officer last week. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but we talked about a black officer last week. And I want to say again, I heard nothing but great things about the officer. I stand by everything I said. If you go back and listen to what I said, I'm always very specific, not, no, so, not so much careful, but cognizant of exactly what comes out of my mouth. Okay? Um, and uh, I saw that he posted a video. So Officer uh, Andre Ewan. I saw he posted a video, and he mentioned me in a video. I also mentioned some other folks in the video. And uh, the brother says he wants to work together. Brother Officer Ewing, if you're watching this morning, I am more than willing to walk to work with you in any way that you think that I can be a benefit to what you're doing. Uh, I'm 100% down with it. I'll say that in front of everybody here publicly. I'm 100% down. Uh, the brother displayed some emotion. He said a couple things, but, you know, I get where he's coming from. You know what I'm saying? I get where the brother's coming from. I've got no issues with his comments about me or, or anything else. I think he's a good brother who might be uh, misunderstood. I did watch the entirety of the video. You know, I could make some suggestions about messaging, but I won't. Um, but hopefully we can connect, uh, Officer Union and I, and we can 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 work on whatever. I'm not even sure what that is. You know, maybe I join what he's doing. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I don't have to lead it. I'll join. I'll follow. I have no problem following. You know what I'm saying? Join a movement. Create a movement. Start a movement. Join a movement. Start a movement. There it is. Um... I want to put that out there, but we need these black officers after this to stand up. I saw, and it was in the middle of everything. I'm not sure what city it is, fam, but I saw there was this white officer. He was pushing people. Then a black female officer came over and got him off of him. I'm like, we need that to happen more. In the moment, in the moment. I saw another officer who it was two officers. They were arresting a man who was down on the ground. And one of them had his knee like close to the neck of the suspect who happened to be an African-American man or a man of color. And then the other officer moved his knee. Like, come on, homie. That's why we're here right now. That's see, it ain't enough to post folks. 
for black officers, that's that's a that's a situation for you right there. I get it, but you chose it, and it's not enough to just get on Facebook and post videos. You guys are in the, the heat of the battle. In the moment, you got to be correcting these officers in the moment just to save life and limb. Now, I suspect these things happen. They just don't make the media. But that's what we need from black officers. And there's some brothers that's willing to do that, I think. You know, most definitely. Oh, we got ill in Cincinnati. I loved it. You see Curtis Fuller? Curtis Fuller was down there. Some dude was popping willies in the middle of the street. There was a white car doing donuts. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, the the men in my life taught me how to interact with the world, right? Along with the women in my life. And the men in my life taught me to not start anything. Just finish it. Don't start anything, you know? Try to avoid it. But if somebody put their hands on you, if somebody injures you, there's no pause to what your reaction is. I feel the same way about what we're seeing in the streets. After everything that's happened to the black family... And I'm supposed to be upset because a couple of windows got broken. Black babies struggling to get to their first birthday. I'm supposed to be upset because a, a couple windows got broken. It ain't the same, buddy. Sorry. You're not going to get any sympathy here from me this morning. This is exactly what the city needs. You know it. And I know it. I just got the courage to say it in front of everybody. It's exactly what the city needs. But now it's up to the city to decide us to decide how we move forward. Okay. That's how I see it. Period. You can like it. You can love it. You can hate it. You know, deep down inside is true. This is exactly what we need. You know it. Even for those law and order types out there trying to be super correct and say the right thing, you know, deep down, not even so far deep down. This is exactly what Cincinnati needed. This is exactly what Cincinnati needed. Shout out to Cam Hardy. I thought he made a great point about how he and also I think it was uh, Brother Brandon made interesting points about how the bus system is being weaponized. Yeah, they cut the bus services off. But what about the people who was trying to come back home? They cut you off to prevent people who don't have cars from moving around. Each and every time John Cranley weaponizes the metro bus system, he unwittingly reveals to us that he understands just how much of an obstacle it is for people to live here in the Hamilton County area. The people that live in Cincinnati, in my opinion. Maybe if John Cranley had to come through on his plans and his promises about lifting 5,000 black babies out of poverty, then there wouldn't have been so many people out there over the weekend. Anybody call him out on that? I need to be in a press conference because I don't really give a damn. There's no repercussions for me. I say what needs to be said at all times. Yeah, maybe if he had came through on his promises and or the efforts to lift 5,000 families out of poverty would have lifted those people in the streets into a different mentality about their local leadership. But who in the media, other than your boy, has the stones to say that to the mayor? These local yokels ain't going to say it because they're too, they too worried about having him come back. I don't give a damn if you come on this show. So what? I'm here. We here. Come on if you like. You don't. So what? Makes no difference to me. Oh, yeah, you don't want to get real? Maybe if we would invest it in making sure that the renaissance that's happening in Cincinnati touched everybody, there wouldn't have been so much outrage in the city of Cincinnati. And it's mofo talking about some, this ain't Minneapolis, this is not Minneapolis, Cincinnati. We know that. You think we don't? You think we don't know where we are? We know where we are. We're in the city 
that chose to invest in a stadium over people. That's where we are. We're in a city that created a an urban renewal or renaissance that don't touch a lot of people here. It's just for the elites that can afford to get the entrance. That's why people in the streets. <laughs> That's why. You know, you can go anywhere. You go to Columbus, you go to Dayton. I've been monitoring media all over the state, all over the country. And people are saying similar things all over the state. People are saying similar things all over the country. Because y'all been, y'all been pushing black people's issues, working class people issues to the back of the bus. You've been pushing those issues to the back of the bus and in, in, and in the front of the bus, you put in stadiums. I mean, I, I haven't, I hadn't been down to the edge of Charles area since, since like they really, really got the construction going on. But that, that stadium looked gaudy as hell. It looks ugly downtown. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was down there walking around over the weekend. This looked ugly as hell. Y'all didn't mess up the downtown, the West End landscape, but you just had to put a stadium down there because the elites want to play soccer. They want to be soccer owners. So now we all got to do it, right? Bump that. Bump that. We got a 40,000 unit shortage of affordable housing. And I know there's a lot of good people that care about this. I know it's a lot of good people out here that care about this, but it ain't been enough done about it. There's two separate Cincinnati's. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, but everybody's okay with it. But then you want to talk about, well, this is Cincinnati. Yeah, this is Cincinnati. Yeah, home of misplaced priorities. I mean, they damn near made it illegal to be homeless in this city. Remember this? When people were camping out too close to the sports cathedral down on 4th Street. Oh, the homeless are on 4th Street. You might be able to see them from your luxury box. But now you want to talk about this ain't Minneapolis. We know. It's Cincinnati. We know. Let's go straight to the phones this morning uh, and welcome in our first call. Good morning and welcome to the show. Shalom, shalom, my brother. Shalom, brother. What's your name? Hey, I was out there, man. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in a motorized scooter. I was out there with people. This is something that needs to be But this police officer, because I was telling the truth about why the police were creating which is to capture slaves. Uh, he decided he wanted to spray mace. And I, I got mace, but you know, it was lucky that I had a bunch of people surround me. But what you said is, is necessary, man. A revolution has been due. You know, I'm a Hebrew, and I've called out to my Hebrew Israelite brothers and sisters to get out here with the people because that's where we're supposed to be. Well, I appreciate what you're doing, man. Uh, a friend of mine, that he knew somebody that had a radio station, and uh, this this is what this is what needs man. This is needed. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Yeah, appreciate you on the front lines, brother. I hope you're okay, man. That mace ain't nothing to deal with, bro. It is not a game. Yeah, yeah, but that that mace, like you said, man, that stuff ain't no joke. It, it can kill you. I mean, literally. I, I'm not joking when I say that. I mean, if you got asthma, something heavy like that, it'll take you straight out the game, real quick. So I'm glad you're okay, brother. Anything else? No, bro. Thanks very much. Thanks for the call. I didn't catch his name. He didn't got to give a name. You want to be anonymous? Cool. Appreciate the call. 513. He said he was out in the front lines. They got, was trying to talk to an officer. Officer got maced. You saw some of these officers and they faces across the nation, man. I got so much audio for you, family. But I want to talk to you. Like, I can play you audio and video from across the nation. I want to talk to you. 
All right. I want to know what you saw. I want to know what you feel, what you're, what you felt when you saw those images. I want to hear your stories. You know what? You is much more important than I am. What, what you saw, what you're doing, what you saw over the weekend, far more important. And I love all the great citizen journalists out there, journalists out there with their phones. I love it. I love it. I love it. Challenging the mainstream media, they cannot keep up, keep up with social media. They just can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, good morning to you. 513-873-7134. Back to the chop as we go. Cassandra writes, hello, beautiful people. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Great to see you, Cassandra. Pat writes, good morning. Good morning uh, to you, Pat. Good morning. Ashley writes, good morning, Nathan and Choppers. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you as well. Sharp writes, good morning, Nathan and Choppers. New month. We're halfway through the year. What's next? That's a damn good question, bro. You're right. What is next? What is next? You're right about that. What is up? What is up? I mean, what, what happened already this year? I mean, Kobe. Remember this? Tragic Kobe. Uh, coronavirus. Uh, the death of this brother in Minneapolis and now the reaction all over the country. And um, I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your, like I said, the wifey, I'm just putting her business out here. She's a little bit terrified. She's like, you going out here in the streets, anything can happen. You know, I get it. We have children together. She wants her husband to come home to her every single night. And again, four white police officers. I'm trying to figure out the scenario uh, in which four white police officers would knock on my door. Now, what I'll tell you is anytime you go out in the media, you put you make yourself a target. And I'm not trying to say I'm some some important guy, because I'm not. I'm just a dude with a superlative. I'm an average Joe with a superlative flow, nothing more. And over the years, though, whether it be digital media and also in uh, corporate media, you know, president comes to town, there's some kind of issue. All of a sudden, I start getting strange phone calls and my phone's not working in certain scenarios and shadowy figures start showing up. So, I mean, I'm kind of used to it. For me, I was like, well, okay. I mean, it's not super alarming, but it's something that because of her, you know, makes me alarmed about it. But um, uh, okay, okay. Thank you so much. Pre- thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just gave me some information here. Let me make this public so people can see it. There it is. It's now public. Thank you so much. Yeah, we definitely want to make it public. I want as many people to see today's show as possible. Thank you for being here. Uh, Nisha, good morning to you. Michael, good morning to you. Damon Lich writes, Black Friday 2000, I'm sorry, 1908. The women's suffrage movement broke windows in the fight to secure the right to vote. Yeah. Kiki writes, what's the brother's name? I didn't catch his name. I asked him. He didn't, he didn't want to put it out there. I'm not going to push him on today's show. Um, Nisha writes, text Floyd to five, five, one, five, six, sign a petition for George Floyd. Absolutely. I'm down with that. Good morning to you. Uh, what's popping family? What's going on with you? Let me go to the choppers here. Let me back up. Let me back way back up here. You can see it on the screen. I want to bring all the choppers in and what they have to say. Uh, let's pick up Tanika writes. Good morning, Nathan choppers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar writes. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, choppers. Nathan, I didn't. Blank, the Saturday show live, but props to you doing Saturday show. It was needed. That's great citizen journalism. It shows you here for the people. I was not disgusted in the least. However, today I am. You are immersed. Okay, great. Yeah, we did a Saturday show. We're very flexible. I just want to give as much information. I want to be a platform for you, for your for your outrage in some cases, your ideas. My question is, right now, in your opinion, what does Cincinnati need to do? Because I'm in Cincinnati. 
Okay, so that's going to be the heavy focus of the show. We talk about national stuff. We talk to authors and all that kind of stuff, entertainers in some case. But right now, we're talking politics. What needs to happen, in your opinion, in the city of Cincinnati? In your opinion. Tony writes, good morning. Brenda writes, good morning, everyone. Deborah's in the house. She writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Good morning to you, Deborah. Pamela writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Mrs. Love being black writes, good morning, fellow beautiful, smart people. Absolutely. Tracy's in the house. Good to see you, Tracy. She writes, I know Tracy went down. She was down there on Saturday. Uh, what did you see, Tracy? What's your observation? Uh, Mason Marler writes, morning, Nate and the Choppers. I never had to be bad. My mama raised me mad. Hashtag free Chris Matthews. <laughs> Tracy writes, the revolution was being televised all the way up till 2.30 a.m. Did you stay up and watch it? Yeah. And props to the Cincinnati Police Department for showing some restraint. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the other side of it. Like, the police have broad capabilities, and you're trying to see this. Police reacted in different ways across the country. And what is your opinion about how the Cincinnati Police Department reacted to everything? I thought in some cases, I thought, okay, great. I can tell they're taking a stand-down approach. Because like I said, you can pay somebody. That's called a job to rebuild, uh, you know, something that's been broken down or even burned down. Burned down. People are like, well, you got insurance for that. Well, you know, that insurance thing is tricky as a business owner. And I can't speak about another business owner and their particular insurance. Uh, sometimes you have very, very high premiums and different things, qualifiers. It ain't just like an automatic thing in everybody's case. Everybody's insurance situation is a little bit different. And again, it's real easy to be cavalier about somebody else's storefront that you don't own and that doesn't really impact you. That's real easy to do. And I don't want to do that. How many people saw that? Uh, let me switch the screen here. How many people saw and is there anything to be made out of this? The fact that the Hamilton County Sheriff Department decided to change their flag outside of the Hamilton County justice system. You see this? It's up on the screen right now. You see this? People are making a big deal out of this. Is there anything here? Thin blue line flag was raised outside the Hamilton County Justice Center. People were making comments about this. Like, where's the American flag? Like, who watches this kind of stuff? And the rationale is from the Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Neal, who also put out a statement on Friday saying, well, we got lots of room in our jails. See, that's why I say we needed outside folks to come in here. Because a lot of Cincinnatians are too afraid to go to jail. They ain't ready to go to jail. They're not really about that life. They got to go to work. Last thing they want is a boss or whoever they respond to or report to asking them, why were you on the news? Right? Why did you come into work today? Because I'm in the JC. There's some folks that, that, that can't do that. And I respect that. I respect I'm not jumping off. I'm not dropping off money to take care of your bill, so you got to take care of that. Quote, the flag has been removed, and we will replace it with the American flag in the morning. That's what Jim Neal, your Hamilton County Sheriff, said. He posted this on Twitter and Reddit, and he said that the deputies had raised the flag in honor of a Cincinnati police officer whose ballistic helmet had been struck by a bullet early Sunday morning. And again, I'm glad the officer is okay. I'm glad he was wearing a, a ballistic helmet. Uh, because it would have completely and drastically changed the narrative of the story. It would have been about this police officer being killed. And no, there's no politicians in the world that's going to uh, rubber stamp that. It's just not going to happen. 
I'm glad that he's okay. I'm also glad that the office is okay for that officer's own personal well-being. I get it. I get it. I mean, does one death necessarily does one death necessarily have to follow another? Well, it depends. If we talk about the death of the coward that killed George Floyd, that's different. Like I told you, I'm, I'm a different man here. I mean, if if George Floyd's family catches up with that individual, whatever happens, happens. I didn't see nothing. I could be standing right there. I didn't see a damn thing. I was at home. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I'm not for the death penalty even for um, this individual. And I'll tell you why. Because all of the black men and women who will be unjustly given the death penalty don't deserve it. Just so the piece of human excrement, right? This real, that's a real thug right there. This former officer, uh, Chauvin, can, can, can get his justice. You know what I'm saying? The American criminal justice system has always been unkind to us and will continue to do that until we change it. That means infiltrating it and putting people in place that we believe should be there to represent us and also having an overall agenda and mindset as to what we actually collectively want as we walk into these ballot boxes. It's all necessary. It's all necessary. Yeah, so here he is, Hamilton County Sheriff Deputy is showing emotion for the Cincinnati police officer in the middle of all of this. And again, that's Sheriff Jim Neal. That's his, that's his prerogative. Quote, should, be, should have been replaced with the American flag immediately. That's from uh, Chris Silbach. Not replaced with a politically charged Blue Lives Matter flag when thousands are protesting in our streets because Black Lives Matter, Sheriff Neal has only made things worse again. Maybe this is an example of why Sheriff Neal lost a Democratic endorsement and then lost in the primary to Charmaine McGuffey. Maybe this is it. So in the middle of everything going on, right? Talking about not on code. In the middle of everything going on, Sheriff Neal wants to put the Blue Lives Matter flag up. Maybe that's why he lost the primary. <laughs> you tell me. 513-873-7134. We got John from Florida on the line, I believe. Let's go straight to him. John, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Nathan Ivey and the good people of Cincinnati as well as the people around the world. And, yes, those choppers. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, Before we get into this senseless shooting and the scenarios around the shootings that probably not too many people know about, you know, Malcolm X used to always say, it's the ballot or the bullet. You know you've heard me mention that many times. And for those choppers that, that is not familiar with Malcolm X's speech, he has many speeches, but one of the famous ones I enjoyed listening to or reading is the ballot or the bullet. Uh, we will touch base on that. We won't get into the in-depth part of it. But our focus is on some of the scenarios that you were talking about. And one of them was how restrained the police were in Cincinnati, as well as across the country. And I'd like to hear your comments about the restraint, but my comments first. I think the reason why the police were very restrained, as we can see, uh, what, 20, maybe now 40 cities across the country uh, of, of mostly white, white people, I would, I would count 60, 70 percent versus African-Americans on the front in all these cities. That's why the police were restrained. You'd imagine if these were African-Americans, male and females across the country, them, 
Gotham police would have been firing up on us left to right because their orders would have been marched right from Washington. Do what you got to do. But they didn't do it because of the fact that there's mostly white people, hands up, their hands up, standing in front of the cops. And the orders were not to fire up because one bullet that would have hit a white person, then it would have set everything off across the country. And let's not forget those countries outside this country that were taking on the stand to Germany, Germany, uh, Britain, and other countries that were watching what was going on the last five or six days. Not too many people know that, but if you catch the, some of the news, it does show Germany, mostly white people, protesting, hands up, they were following this. So it's a lot of pressure on this country. But I'd like to hear your comments. I think you need to elaborate a little bit more on why do you think locally in Cincinnati, as well as across the country, why the police were standing down? Well, I think you wanted something. I think in terms of the, the, the nature of the protesters, uh, I can't speak around the country. In Cincinnati, I'm wondering if that was the order. Like, look, let protect yourself as much as possible. But if we don't have to crack heads and leave blood in the streets of Cincinnati, let's not do that. I'm wondering if that was the, the mentality and the, and the stance that they took. And I'm happy for it because you can always get property back. Yes. Well, you know, it, it, you know, that's my I, I appreciate that theory. Um, uh, it was wasn't hard for me to figure out. You look and see the protesters are mostly white people, you know, and they were, you know, honest and valid. Uh, uh, protesters, I mean, that word looting, looting and burning, you know, I think people were there to take a stand, and it's happened. I'm glad to see that. I mean, if you go back in history and time and you look at doing slavery, who were the people that were protecting us the most? It was whites outside the African-American community that was hiding, protecting us, and they protest the abolitionists, as we know about throughout history across the country that was against slavery in this country. So history tends to, as most historians state, history tend to repeat itself. And what we see, and I'm happy to see that, I never would think in my eyes, I would see mostly across the country, it was whites that had their hands up, vocally expressing, you know, and maybe the fuel was set, you know, the scenario, everything was set when you have 40 to 60% of the people out of work, when you have a virus that's looting across the country, when you have the summertime, the heat is there, the fuel was set, uh, that police officer, or should I say those police officers picked the wrong time to do this. And somebody is going to have to be held accountable, be it one of them or all four of them. We'll see how it plays out. I don't trust the judicial system. And I'd like to hear your comments on the feds in their press conference last week. You know, they bungled over that press conference last Thursday, uh, the feds as well as the uh, attorney general, the assigned attorney general. I think he's now taken off the case and somebody else has picked up some African-American person. The governor assigned him because they screwed up at the press conference on that. And that leads me into the second process or the conference that press conference that the feds did. And that leads us into... And I'd like to hear your comments on why did they do the second press conference. If you look closely, if you could pull up that YouTube and show they stated, you know, this case is moving. One of those FBI directors or the attorney general mentioned this is moving in a different direction. And 
kind of breaking up, John. I'm not sure. I picked up my phone and I called my sources in Washington and Chicago. And that particular woman, I won't say her name, but she indicated when they mention international, that means, and she did her digging, that the cartel was involved. Okay, Choppers, you're probably saying, now where's he going with that? Now, the club where Mr. Uh, uh, Floyd worked at, that police officer, I'm sure you know, worked at the same club. And supposedly, right, right. What, I'm, what I'm getting on the ground and what I'm hearing from my sources is the cartel drug, drug organizations from South America, they were heavily involved in that club. So Mr. George possibly, now here's my theory, he possibly was going to blow the whistle because he didn't like what was going on. Now, I heard a couple of uh, interviews of, of his brother or family member, Gentle Giant. He doesn't drink. He doesn't take drugs. He doesn't take anything, you know, take any alcohol. But he might have saw what was going on in that club and didn't like it, and he was going to blow the whistle. Now, follow me, choppers. Follow me very close, carefully. If you look at the interview with that cop with his knee on the neck, and at one point he raises his face up, you see his face, and I study the video over and over and over again. And look at his face. Now, this woman said to me she was outraged because she felt he was getting an excitement. Or, uh, I, well, I know, Choppers, you've got some women listening. I don't want to go too graphic. This guy was excited, and now we know his track record, 19, 25 complaints. Why would you let a nut like that on the street? But it's a possibility Mr. Floyd was assassinated. Now the, and that leads us to the feds. Why would they make that statement? If this is cases leading into another direction. Now, they haven't talked about it anymore, and they may not talk about it, because if the cartel was involved in that club, I mean, Mr. George knew something was going on, and he might was assassinated because they didn't want, you know, when if you watch these movies on TV, if you follow the trail of money, it leads someplace higher up. Uh, who knows, Washington, executive office, you know, when the cartel and these people get involved, it's somebody making the phone call ordering tons and tons of drugs here. So now you got the cartel in this and everything. It's like a Netflix movie. I haven't heard the cartel connection. I do know that I did read the news report that, uh, that the officer that killed George Floyd had worked with him at this club. And then the, the, the female club owner was kind of talking about, uh, the, you know, this particular officer and his attitude. And she said he was scary whenever things would happen, when they had Latino night or something, it was salsa night, he was acting crazy. So I don't know if there was some kind of personal deal that, that led to that, but that's what that interview seems to imply. The 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 mafia, the cart not the mafia, but the cartel, that's completely new to me. Is this, is this just your theory or you've read this somewhere? That's the sources I'm getting. And that leads me to Send me a link. what the feds make. The feds made that second press conference saying this case is moving in a different direction international. And if it's international, that means drugs are involved. Hmm. Somebody is tied, it, tied into that we may not ever hear about hmm. because the roads road may lead higher up that they may have a plant. Feds might have a plan in there. They don't want this person to be identified. They may be aware of drugs, and they may be aware of that police officer possibly. I have no proof of that. I'm just putting two and two together. Now, the other scenario... Maybe, maybe like two and three together. I don't know. This this cartel stuff is coming from left field for me. I, I mean, you, you're catching me off guard with that one. That's the first time I've heard it. Send me a link, John, and I'll check it out. Well, well, my sources 
the are sources. Me, uh, I, I can't bring out the name, but okay. the sources are telling me these are this is the information she got from higher ups. Now, the family over the weekend, the lawyer, Mr. Kump, as well as another personal lawyer dealing with the family, are ordering a demand from the attorney general, the police department. They want to see the cams, the right. cameras on those offices, oh, yeah, yeah. as well as as well as they want the audio tapes. Exactly. Now, it, it, the police has now audios within it, so you can hear them talking, and somehow, I don't know how this got leaked out over the weekend, some of the audio descriptions from one of those cameramen, as he was laying there dying, one of the cops said, shouldn't we pick him up and turn him over? And they didn't do it. it ain't, so this stuff is going to come out in the trial. We, who knows, at some point, the, the lawyers are going to demand we want to hear the audio as well as the cams because that's where you're going to hold all of those officers accountable, possibly. Well, well, this is speculation. Let's see how this plays out. With that, John, I got to make a move, man. I want to get some other folks in, but I do appreciate the flows, though. So watch this very carefully with the cartel. You may get information on it. You may not. Have a nice <laughs> okay. day. We may. And if we don't, we waste our time looking for it, right? Um. Hmm. I'm so sure about this cartel. Anybody, can anybody corroborate that? It's the first time I've heard it. Um, here's what you can do. Two things you can do. I don't care where you are, Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus. You can, you can join a movement and you can start a movement. You can join a movement and you can start a movement to alleviate or to address the problems, the ongoing issues that you might be having wherever you live. You live in Cincinnati. I'm talking about Cincinnati. You live in Dayton. I'm living. I'm talking about Dayton. You live in Columbus. Live in, you live in Lima, you live in Cuyahoga County, wherever you live in the state of Ohio or beyond the confines of the state of Ohio. That's what you can do. Now, I think that people say is that oversimplistic. No, that's a challenge on two levels. And um, that's what it's going to take, in my opinion. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I've seen images of white folks coming out with bags in their hands, a reporter starts making excuses like, well, maybe she works there and she went back and picked her stuff up. No, she's looting. She's getting some Gucci. She's getting some Prada. That's what she's doing. Oh, maybe she works there, my ass. Pop from the barbershop writes, until the philosophy which holds one race superior. Hold on one second. I want to put this up on the screen again so you can read along from home. Anybody follow the, the last part of what John was talking about there? That was That was foreign to me. Cartel, never heard it. Uh, John's no longer on the line, so let's get him off of there. There we go. Boom, there it is. Back to your chat. Until the philosophy that holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, everywhere is war. And until there are no longer first-class and second-class citizens of any nation, until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes, and until the basic human rights are generally guaranteed to all Without regard to race, there is war. And until that day, the dream of lasting peace, world citizenship, rule of international morality will remain but a fleeting illusion to be pursued but never attained. Now everywhere, now everywhere is war. Rise and shine, young stars. That's from Pop from the Barbershop. Good morning to you, brother. Glad you're here. Good morning to you. Miss Tiffany Rice, good morning. Mason Morrow's in the house. Brother Muzon's in the house. He writes, good morning, Choppers. Good to see you. Pam writes, good morning. Uh, Mike Jones writes, good morning, Choppers. Empower to the people. Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, Clue Mantics now. She writes Grand Rising's name to Choppers. Tracy writes, got PTSD from the weekend, Mike. Need to unplug. Yeah, there was a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I think it's all valuable, quite honestly. I think everything we saw in the city of Cincinnati was valuable. But it's only valuable if we do something about it moving forward. You know, if not, it'll be a wasted opportunity. And I can already see that in Cincinnati and beyond, people are organizing around agendas as they should be. People are organizing around their collective interests as they should be. And I think there's room for all of that in the larger, as Mike put it, or Pop from the Barbershop put it, the larger war, right, to get what we justly deserved. I saw memes of uh, the, the one of my white friends. Uh, <laughs> I had an interesting <laughs> conversation last night with one of my white friends, hilarious. Uh, we might have Karen from Cincinnati calling into the show real soon. Karen from Cincinnati to give us the Karen's opinion. Uh, but I'll let you know when I can confirm it. I think it's valuable. Uh, there are white folks wondering right now, like, okay, I want to do something. What do I do? I don't want to say the wrong thing because I'm going to get super backlash. Well, keep listening. All you got to do is listen. Black folks will tell you what to do. They'll tell you exactly what we need you to do. The issue is, are you willing to do it? And see, the thing about me is I'm a very emotional person. I'm, I'm going to keep these emotions. Like everything that happened on the weekend, what I saw with George Floyd, that's not going to just dissipate in my heart. That's not going to go away. And uh, I've seen this before. Like I said, I'm old enough to have lived through the civil unrest. I was in the streets reporting then, even then. Uh, from at that point, I was in public radio. Uh, this is similar to, but back then it was the whole city. You know, it was various parts of the city, should I say, not the entire city. Um, and the police, in my opinion, from just my casual observations, I wasn't everywhere over the weekend, but the police back then was far more militarized uh, than what I saw right now. Now, that's my opinion. You might see differently. I want to get your thoughts. Okay, your opinion matters. That's the currency of this show. Speaking of which, we have a call on the line. Let me go straight to it. Hold on one second here. Let me reconnect over here and get our call in. Uh, good morning and welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Brad? What's this up? is Brian. Hey, what up, Brian? How are you, man? Hey, man. Uh, I guess we, we breathe. Yeah, I got three things to uh, consider today. Uh, one thing is you said and asked people, what specifically can people in Cincinnati do? What, can we, what demands do we have in Cincinnati? And I think an extremely important one is that uh, is reopen the cases. That is Melvin Murray, Paul Gaston, Quandavier Hicks. Um, these people who were murdered by cops in the city and the cops got off, those cases can, can and should be reopened. Um, so that's one concrete demand um, because uh, each one of these politicians from Smitherman on down and including these news reporters, which I do have a question for you to address how you feel about how mainstream media is covering this stuff. But all of them have the same story, which is, well, every, every, we've, everything is better since 2001. And they, none of them mention Sam DuBose. None of them mention Paul Gaston. None of them mention Quan Xavier. None of them mention the uh, uh, brother who's experiencing homelessness that they kill, whose name is escaping me at this at this moment. But he did uh, create a situation at the Kroger downtown. And when they could have just simply apprehended him, surrounded him peacefully, an SUV rolled up on him, pulled, threw open the doors, and they blasted him. Um, so, yes, re 
cases. And then the other thing is cops create violence. Cops create crime. That's what they do. And we don't understand that completely. They create a situation, like you were saying earlier, there's a curfew now. Okay, the curfew was not designed primarily to try to protect the source. The curfew was laid down in an attempt to make it easier for them to arrest people, including those who are carrying out peaceful activities at night. Now, I'm not one that calls any action that I've ever been part of organizing peaceful. Because how in the, well, it's daytime, the kids, but how in the heck can an action be peaceful when it's based on the murder of one of our people? How can it be peaceful when we got to push back these cops or defend ourselves against these cops who are pushing us with their bikes to try to get us to go where they want to herd us to? There is nothing peaceful about these actions. Now, the action can be disciplined, but any action that I'm part of organizing will have it so that we will defend each other against the police. And, 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 and when the police carry out illegal activities against us, putting hands on us to try to hurt us and move us, then we act within every ounce of our constitutional, political, and human rights to the degree we are capable to put an end to it. That's the, that's the mentality we have to have out in these things, whether it's a, a quote-unquote peaceful march, whether it's quote-unquote a peaceful meeting, or whether it's people out in the street at night. We have to defend each other against them. And then, yeah, as part of that, can we talk to each other about, all right, maybe we shouldn't be touching black coffee. But you can argue with people in real time to make right decisions in the course of when we're doing what we got to do. It's totally possible. And and what the city does is they try to divide and, and, and um Make it so that there's a daytime thing and there's a nighttime thing. Well, yeah, it's true. People who are, you know, a little more adamant and aggressive are doing their things at night. But they're not the only ones out there, and they want to act like this is all coming from outside. But the, the problem with that, and yeah, maybe some people do come from outside, but they want to act like the anger and indignation is not homegrown. Right. And it is. Right. I'll just leave it at that, brother. No, no, you're on point. You asked me what I thought about the media. That's one narrative they keep pushing. These are outsiders. These are outsiders. As if they're tone deaf to what we Cincinnatians have been talking about and feeling and thinking about and dealing with for the last 20 years. And it's a psychological game. They're trying to run that game on our white citizens, our, our, our white neighbors in Cincinnati to make them feel good about it so they can go back to sleep. Like, oh, these are outsiders. The good black folks in Cincinnati, this, they don't really believe in this. Man, please, I was out there. It was people from Cincinnati was in part of it as well. And there's a reason why they're out there. It's because they're intelligent to know that this ish ain't right. Simple. Hey, Brian, thanks for the call, man. Anything else? Well, just the most important thing to me is when, when we out there, protect each other. Protect each other and defend each other and don't feel like we got to go on TV and, and, and sympathize with anybody but those of us fighting for justice. We don't have to condone. We don't have to condone. If that's not what you're down with, you don't have to condone. But you also don't have to 
drag it. You don't have to put put it down. If you don't like what somebody is doing, get out there with them and argue for a better course. Because that, because some of those brothers and sisters that are out there are the ones that's going to change society. If you can win them to what they need to do. So that, that's my only thing, man. There's too many people out there that want to shake a finger and wag a finger, but they ain't willing to roll up a sleeve and face-to-face have a conversation with some folks while we out there together. All right, B. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. That's Brian Taylor, everybody. Appreciate him getting into the show, sharing his, his thoughts and opinions. He's been out there. I've seen him in my own eyes. He's been out there at the courthouse, the bullhorn. Uh, I don't know if those are carpenter uh, knee pads or whatever. The boots. <laughs> I've seen it. Ready to go do, do whatever it takes. Ready to do whatever it takes. Uh, my line is now available. You can feel free to call into the show at 513-873-7134. Some things never show, never change. Flow is still superlative, and uh, there's one maxim or rule for each phone call. Open your mind before you open your mouth. Other than that, it's all good. It's all good. We can always agree to disagree on this show. Clarence writes, I saw a CPD officer shoot a brother in the ankle with a rubber bullet, not to mention they are meant to be shot at the ground. Dangerous practices, that right? Cleopatra Jones writes, is there a human rights law for our culture? All excellent questions. Kiki Rice, say it, say that ish, Brian. All relevant questions this morning. Uh, my question is, is it time for a revolution? If so, what does it look like? And what are you willing to do? What do you think? What do you think about the curfew in general as a Cincinnati? Do you think the curfew was fair? Do you think that was a smart thing to do about city leadership, i.e. the mayor? What do you think about on Friday night? They had a curfew, but it was just for downtown which I don't care who you are. You don't have to have a a master's degree in city planning to understand what's going to happen. You're going to push the protests to different parts of the city. I saw a lot of citizen journalists out there who were reporting that they felt as if, you know, the city showed them what was valuable and what was valuable was, um, what was valuable was the property downtown. Did you get that impression? Were you a part of it? What did you see? What did you hear? I love to know. 513-873-7134. Hey Angie, thanks for the, the for the like and share. I appreciate it. Uh, let me see. I learned late last night that our beloved, this is from Cam Hardy on Facebook, uh, Better Bus Coalition. I learned last night that our beloved coach oper, coach operators refused to drive CPD around so the mayor and the sort of chairman forced the supervisors to shuttle prisoners to the justice center. Allowing our transit agency to be tied up in political confrontation is absolutely irresponsible. Our coach operators deserve our support. Do not attempt to destroy any buses or give them a hard time. They are with the people. This was all about politics. Our government failed Metro once again. Damn, you're going hard out here. You're going super hard. Uh, But what do you think? What do you think? 513-873-7100. Three, four. I'm just loving the, the live streams that people are doing. I uh, see somebody's doing the color of COVID. Okay, great. That's great. I have no problem with it. Did you see what happened in Louisville? Let me put this image back up on the screen here. 
See what happened in Louisville? A very interesting situation happened. Look at this. What is that? What, what, wait a minute. What happened? When you see these brothers, see, this is, this is the, the nature of black men, black people. Look at this. These, these, I believe this is from Louisville. These brothers helped to protect this white officer because he was separated and it looked like the crowd was coming out. See these brothers forming the line? That is the nature of black people right there. That is the, the true spirit of black men, even in the fire, protecting this officer because it's the right thing to do. Now, how much play is that going to get? Does anybody know these brothers? I mean, people listen to the show from all over. We're not that far from Louisville. I love to interview these brothers right here to get a sense of what really went down and what made them lead these actions right here. There's just so many images from around the country of people that look like you and me showing real strength. Look at this. This sister is like, F it. Do what you're going to do. What is it? And as a perfect sign of time, she got her mask on, COVID-19. All this stuff is happening right, right now. All this stuff is happening right now. Look at this. And I think the people have said enough is enough. But again, let me put this back up here, Louisville. Anybody know the backstory on this? I'll share it with you in a minute. Down in Louisville, one person dead in Louisville after police and National Guard returned fire on protesters. Yeah. So down in Louisville, they had officers and National Guard soldiers that opened fire. And they're saying they returned fire. And of course, the media is going to put their story out there, returns fire, because the story can't be they just opened fire. That's too much like Kent State. Google it, Google it. I ain't got time to explain it. Google it. People down in Louisville are protesting the fact that, you know, a lot of things. But the, the latest outrage was the death of Breonna Taylor. This sister was a professional, by all accounts and everything I read, uh, an upstanding black citizen, and she was killed due to a no-knock warrant. That means they don't knock, they just walk in the door. And it looks like it was a case of mistaken identity in the sense they, they were at the wrong residence. But yet this sister is dead, for what? So what's the worth of black life? Black life is worth what I'm seeing right now. I would be very pleased that it continued in the city of Cincinnati and throughout the state of Ohio and in Louisville and Kentucky. I'd be very pleased by that. We need 40 days and 40 nights of this because as much as people are saying, we get it, we get it, they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. They're playing a role. They're acting like they get it so everybody can go back and be peaceful and go back to normal. They don't really get it. They don't really get it. I don't see it. I'm being honest with you. I don't see it. I don't see it. Not one bit. It's the same old game. Let's not do the same old, same old thing this time. Brian writes, good morning, in the chop shop. Pam writes, uh, Cassandra writes, a hot mess, Tracy. I live in Franklin now, but I was in Middletown yesterday at my mom's. Brother Mazon writes, shout to Fanon Rucker for mentioning my brother in his speech on Saturday. Iona writes, good morning, everyone. Good, good to see you. Mr. Avery's in the house. He writes, good morning. Sharp writes, does anyone have the video of Polly Pastor X rant from Saturday? Wow, so that's what we call him now, Polly Pastor X. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Hold on, I got to give you some ABs for that one, man. Those are Adrian Broners. He's a Cincinnatian, so it all makes sense. We all, about, <laughs> we all. I know it's a little bit loud. Sorry that. Sorry for that. Hold on one second. 
turn that down. <laughs> you are hilarious, man. Three ABs for that one. Does anyone have the video of Polly Pastor X rant from Saturday? I don't have the video, but I saw the video. And that's what happens when you give Jeff Pastor a microphone in an emotional moment, man. That's This ain't nothing new. He did that during the campaign. He's a very emotional brother. You know, it's going to come out. But was I wrong? At one point, he was like, some of y'all might have called me a coon. <laughs> I, I, I laugh because I'm thinking, this is what you're thinking about right now in this moment? What somebody called you, Mr. Pastor X? If you don't know Jeff Pastor or Polly Pastor X, you're wrong for that. <laughs> is a married man, by the way, married to a sister, raising beautiful black children. And he is an elected member of city council, newly elected. Some might say barely elected, but he's on city council on the left. He's a black Republican, but he's a Malcolm X Republican, which I know is oxymoronic. Don't try to tell him. I've tried to tell him. He ain't trying to hear it. In his head, it makes sense. And I'm thinking, shit, what? Excuse, excuse my language. I'm thinking, what does a Malcolm X Republican look like? I want to see what that looks like. Maybe this is what it looked like. So, no, if you send me a link, I'll put it up on the screen. The best way to send me a link to do that this morning would be to do it on Facebook. However, if you send it inside the chop shop, I can grab it there, too. I can grab it there, too. Good morning to you, Carolyn. CG Dub. Uh, Letty Reed on Facebook writes, Mayor Cranley, you were wrong for cutting off transportation at 9 p.m. for working people who depends on buses to get home. 12 a.m. is sufficient. Yeah, he was wrong for that. He was. He was wrong in the sense that it's hurting a lot of people who had nothing to do with it. But this ain't the first time that the mayor has used the bus system in this matter. He did the same thing when COVID-19 happened. Remember Rashawn Davis, who has been exonerated, by the way? Where's all the people who told me I was wrong because I was talking about this brother and representing standing for this brother because it was an injustice? It was wrong. And now all the charges have been dropped because it was ridiculous in the beginning. That brother never should have been charged with no damn felony. It was ridiculous. He was charged because he was black, and he called the governor a white cracker. That's why he got it. And if you don't know, then go back and you'll, you'll get some of the, uh, the video from the courtroom. The white male assistant Hamilton County prosecutor actually brought it up in court. He actually said it to the, uh, to the judge. Like, well, and, and he called the governor a white cracker. We can't stand for this. I'm thinking, since when is that against the law? If, that was, if that's what Rashawn Davis believes about Mike DeWine, who don't care about your behind, by the way. Mike, don't care about your behind, DeWine, because the moves he made during COVID-19 was about money and power and political power with the White House and less about you and I and our safety. Mike, don't give a damn about your behind, DeWine. And so Rashawn Davis says something about him and these white male uh, prosecutors who are all cool with DeWine you know, it's like a white brother fest. They love each other. Mwah! Right? They got upset and decided that they was going, they was going, they was going to make an example out of this brother. We're going to show you how dare you say F COVID-19. Meanwhile, white folks all over the country saying F COVID-19. But they had this brother locked up for 11 days, y'all. He spent 11 days in prison. People was like, Nate, why you keep talking about this? Because it was wrong. That's why. Now the brother's been exonerated. Now where you at? Wrong is wrong. Right is right. Period. And brother, he we're going to make an example out of you. And I couldn't believe other black folks were like, yeah, well, yeah, he did step off. He, he put his toe off the, off the porch, boss. Yeah, you're going to you all looking out like they all scared you scared of. 
being scared. Get the hell out. If you're scared, get the hell out the way. Oh, man. Glad to see that brother was exonerated. You should, you should file a lawsuit if, if, if all possible. I'm not sure what the deal is, but something tells me right here more from the brother. Shout out to uh, his lawyer for representing him. Did you see the aftermath of some of these rubber bullets? Man, we're talking about mace. These rubber bullets will tear a hole in your ass. It is not good. I seen this video. I think it was on, I'm not sure where it was. I seen the video of this brother. Man, listen, let me see and put this up on the screen for you to check this out. So it is currently the 30th of May. Dang, you got to see this, man. This is what it looks like. You get hit with a rubber bullet, with a rubber bullet. It is not good. Let me see and put this up. This is from a world star. I want you to see this. This brother's from LA. He's from LA. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's the aftermath of getting hit in the face with a rubber bullet. You want to see what it looks like? Check this out real quick. <laughs> it ain't good. Let me put it that way. It ain't good. See that? Damn. Did you see that? Let me see if I can grab some audio for you. and We can actually hear from the brother. Let me see here. It may not be synced up with the video, but uh, so check this out. It is currently the 30th of May, 2020. Uh, I just woke up approximately 11.30 a.m. I just woke up from a five-hour nap. I'm going to sleep at five. And last night, I was protesting. And there was a little under this room on my um, I was in my car the whole time. But when I did step out of my car, I stepped out with uh, nitrous oxygen. Oxygen. Nature's oxide tank. I stepped out and I asked uh, another bystander taking a picture with the um, LA units there. They're at a distance of about 20, maybe 30 feet. The most, the most 30 feet, no, no more. Um, I kept my distance from them and in no way that I provoked them. I didn't throw them nothing. I understand that they're scared, and they, I was scared too, you know, and everybody has their, everybody has their right to feel the way they feel, and, and but one thing is to feel. Damn, that looked painful, man. I can't even watch no more. Damn, that looks painful. He, he lucky he caught one to the to the chin. Could you imagine it hit him in the eye? I mean, look, that those those rubber bullets are not to be played with. Like I said, rubber bullets, mace, all that will take you out the game. It'll take you out the game real quick, man. Damn. That's what it takes, man. It's the front lines. He got hit in the, in the uh, about right here. And his whole side of his face is swollen. I saw another image. I'm not going to play for you because somebody says it's, it's some nudity. I don't want to. We grown folks and everything, but still. Um. And it was a female who was a protest. I believe she was in, a, in in the west side of the country as well. I don't know what particular city. And uh, she was, I mean, she had wealth all over her body. Just bam, bam. They was tagging her with them rubber bullets, man. Where do we get those? Where, do we, where, where can we buy some? Can you buy that as a private citizen? Uh, somebody just sent me a link, said, this can't be true. What's up, Tyson? This can't be true. Cincinnati police had them sleeping outside overnight. Is that right? Appreciate. It. I want to go to your videos here because uh, some people have sent me some videos. I want to try to bring them into the show as much as possible, man, and just take kind of take a look at what at what you saw. I mean, what was your perspective? Hold on here. Uh, yeah, I want you to check this out. This is wild out here, man. 
This is wild. This is wild. But it's exactly what we need, though. Can you hear that? You can hear that. Uh, let me see if I can pull it into pull it into the screen real quick. Just give me one second. Gonna take about a second here. And uh, I want you to see this. It's crazy right here, man. See that? <laughs> this right now live before we go live and do the show. We at the studio, and you know what I mean? That's what we heard sitting out on top of the rooftop. Yeah, check that out. Damn. People are fed up with the way these police behaving out here. Taking lives. They're out here protesting. They yeah. Doing it. And look at the crowd. You got black and white people. Yeah, you got black. I'm not sure if you can hear the audio there. I can bring the audio in. You saw the video. But uh, that was uh, that was Clue Magic. What up, Clue? Damn, that is deep down there, man. I love it. It's some white folks that's down with the cause. It's some white folks that's down here ready to get arrested. I saw that uh, on Facebook, there were a lot of people that were putting up, like, uh, resources for people that might have got arrested overnight in the city of Cincinnati. They're doing protester defense funds. That's what we need for those people that's out there. I mean, yeah, we we, we doing the rhetorical arts today and all. We talking. But, you know, you if you're on the front lines, you get arrested. You need relief. <laughs> You need relief. What is this? Nate, did you hear this? I'm not surprised this is happening. I'm surprised that he actually says something about it, which what the hell doesn't the local media have this running on a loop? Uh, this was 21 hours ago. Uh, informed by a police. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me uh, pull this up here real quick. I can grab this. Give me a second, CG Dub. I appreciate it. Where is this at? Inside the Friends page? Okay, let me go there right now, and I'll play this. Um, good morning to you. I'll play this right now, as a matter of fact. I think it's very, very necessary. Oh, whoa, whoa, just lost my finger. Here we go. Give me one second. See if we can get this. Now, we'll bring the audio in. And I do want to share. This is uh, from yesterday. An anecdote. The mayor of Cincinnati. Based on my observation. My observation was, in, it was also informed by a police radio that we had access to and information that uh, I was for the nation that the average person wouldn't have. But nonetheless, it is true. We were at District 1 from 8 to 9, uh, at, like I said, at a distance so people couldn't see us, but we could see them. And I just wanted, I just want to Tell the story. Oh, dear. Here we go. And because race is such a big issue in all of this, and the treatment of African Americans by law enforcement is the right North Star uh, of improvement that we need, I will state that I think it's relevant to point out that the activities that we found the most frightening and the most scary uh, as we sat there were by white people. And there were a number of white people uh, in the crowd that were clearly engaged in coordinated activities. And um, I personally saw uh, individuals uh, separate from the protest, walk around District 1, look like they were casing District 1, 
getting up with a notepad and, and, and writing down how many officers there were in certain locations. Other individuals pointing to windows that ultimately later a rock was thrown through. And at the same time that this is happening, we are seeing on Twitter and social media images of cop cars on fire in Cleveland. And we're seeing uh, uh, the images from the night before of the Portland Justice Center burning. And we are seeing images, uh, like I mentioned, from Nashville of the City Hall burning. Again, we're only human. We couldn't help but ask ourselves, are they, are they going to try to, is there going to be a bomb? Is, 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 are they going to throw incendiaries? at us or at the cops. Ultimately, there was a white man who took a rag and in clear view of the officers, knowing he was being watched. So clearly he was trying to provoke. He doused it with some liquid. At the same time that he and others were pointing to a window that ultimately had a rock thrown through it clearly trying to provoke the officers into overreacting and potentially shooting into the crowd, which would have killed God knows how many innocent people who were, in fact, exercising their First Amendment right to protest. So I think we got to be real uh, about what's happening and distinguishing, as I said yesterday, those who have many reasons to be upset about the state of the criminal justice system and in particular law enforcement's relationship with the black community and uh, other folks who clearly have another agenda uh, to uh, attempt to get innocent people hurt. I will also just point out, and, and the chief is going to talk here in a minute about uh, some of the details of last night, but in the number of arrests for curfew, et cetera, Okay, that's enough of John Cranley. He's the mayor. I know that the, the video and the audio wasn't synced up, but uh, you get the gist of it. 513-873-7134 if you want to share your thoughts. We're talking about everything that happened over the uh, weekend in the city of Cincinnati and beyond, family. Please like and share this show so that people can understand and uh, uh, hear what we have here and what we're talking about every single morning. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm more concerned in your thoughts. Hey, Sharp, send me that, that link and I'll play it. From Polly Pastor X's rant. Yeah, no, we were talking about Pastor X, uh, Jeff Pastor, because he came out and talked about some personal things that he wanted to reveal to the world. And then this happened, and he has been all over the news getting thousands upon thousands of views uh, for his moments in the media. And I've heard that, I've read, should I say, on Facebook and social media that there's, well, there's divergent points of view <laughs> over Jeff Pastor and the way that he's conducted himself in the media. And if you live in Cincinnati area and uh, you are a voter and or you are a taxpayer, you had every right to share your opinion about the conduct of your city council members and how they represent you. So uh, right now, though, let's go. I believe we're going to the west side, some California love, and let's catch up with a uh, drop. What up, drop? Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Ivy and all the beautiful people in the chop shop and all the listeners of the Nathan Ivey Show. 
which is blowing up all over the place. Mr. Ivy, I'm feeling you, sir. I can I could tell from your monologue this morning that you feel proud to be an American out there supporting the people of your community. I got to give you that shout out, sir. I heard that passion in your voice that first uh, first half hour or so. Then I had to go do something. But, um, Mr. Ivy, I just want to give you my take because I was at home watching it all on YouTube. Shout out to social media. Shout out to the Internet because, like you said earlier in your monologue, they, the, the mainstream media could not keep up with what was going on on the ground across America. But, Mr. Ivy, the one thing I wanted to ask you, um, because you kind of mentioned the people that you saw at the location where you were at, and I'm asking you, sir, how many older black people did you see out there? I saw older black people primarily during the day. Uh, as it got right. later, it got younger. It got wilder. Right. Right. Okay. Now, Mr. Ivy, all weekend on my Twitter feed at Drop Squad 52 on Twitter, I was running uh, footage from the 1967 Detroit riots. And at that time, I was seven years old. And uh, we had just moved from that part of town where the riots were at to the suburbs of Detroit on the west side of Detroit. Uh, my father was a college graduate, worked for the Boys Clubs of America. And he, him and my mother and my two sisters, we got our first house. And so I remember seeing the tanks rolling down the street. But the reason I, I was putting that footage on my Twitter feed was to, sh to show the comparison of law enforcement, city officials, residents of the city, and, and the media. And Mr. Ivey, the comparison was stark from 1967 to 2020. The commentary was almost identical. The rhetoric from the politicians was almost identical. I put a speech on there from Lyndon Johnson, who was the president at the time, and he, he was asked by the governor of Michigan to send uh, support from the federal government with the National Guard and troops to help in, in Michigan and Detroit. And, I, I mean, Mr. Ivey, some of the things that were said in 67 were identical to what was happening this past weekend. And shout out to the mayor of Atlanta. That black woman has a future in politics. But, Mr. Ivey, I just wanted your, your take on that because, again, like I said, um, 1967 to 2020, riot after riot after riot. And every single riot, Mr. Ivey, every single one was sparked by the, the abuse or mistreatment of black people, black men, by white police officers in inner cities that were run by Democrats. Every single one, Mr. Ivey. Now, my question for you and the choppers. It's 2020. There was a powerful video that appeared on Twitter of a black man, 45 years old, a black man, 31 years old, and a young black man, 16 years old. It was captured at some protest, and the 45-year-old man was trying to tell the young people, burn this shit up, tear this motherfucker down. And what the 30-something-year-old... Think about the kids, huh? drop. Think about the kids, drop. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Ivy. I apologize. And the 31-year-old man was trying to get in between to tell this older brother that this is not the way. This is not the way to go because your father, he was pointing to the 45-year-old, your father was protesting in the 60s. You were protesting in the 80s and the 90s. Then he pointed to himself. He said, I was out here protesting. Then he looked to the 16-year-old and he said, he said, young man, young man, you and these other young people, you have to figure out another way because out here risking your life, shooting, looting, protesting, this is not the way. His father, my father, your father, you and, and these young people have to find a better way because this is not working. And so, Mr. Ivy, the question is, how long? How many more protests? How many more cities have to burn down at the expense of black people? Well, as, as, many, as, it, as many as it takes. As many as but it is takes. But is that the answer? Yeah, but it is it's, the answer. But, I yeah. mean, is it, is it possible to find a different way? No, this is the way. No, but, this but is the this way. this way hasn't been... But has it been working? Has the outcome, has the result of the marching, the protesting? Because what happened in, 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 in 1967 is the same thing that happened in 2020. The only thing that's different are the people that are participating. Right. In a particular circumstances. Right. So I, what I say it's is... the same... Go ahead, Rob. I don't want to cut you off. No, I, I was just going to say, it's, the, it's, it's that saying that if you keep doing the same thing over and over, exactly. you're expecting a difference. So that's all I'm saying, because you know I'm not trying to start no controversy or nothing. Well, yeah, you, you would never do that. No, I would never do that. Yeah, you would never do that. But, um, but well, that's, my th th that's my question. My question is, well, here's my answer. My answer is the onus is on the people. If we do the same old things and fall asleep in two weeks, it's on us. Mm -hmm. It's on us. Okay. Period. So, okay. Okay, so, so do you think that when that 16-year-old young man that was out there protesting in his city, do you think when he turns 60, like me, that he should still be watching protests? And then from the protests, we have people that take advantage of that protest, of that misery and pain that's being expressed by the people who are victimized. When they take advantage of that and burn down and loot cities, some of those were white agent provocateurs, though. That's, I, know, that's very clear. Doing, I know, but they're doing it at our expense. We're the ones who are the reason for the people out there expressing support for us. True. But it always ends up that the people who live in these communities who want to change, they end up being in a worse position than before the riot. Worse? I don't know it's, how you can quantify that. Here's what I would say. Just well, well, when your community burns down, Mr. Ivy, it's not what it was before. So that means it's worse. Right. Is that happening in California where okay. black folks are burning their own communities? Um, yeah, but not. It, it was mainly in, 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 in the L.A. area. Okay. Santa Monica, Long Beach. Um, it was L.A. It was mainly that area. I live in Orange County. There were protests all over, but there weren't the violence. Right. Now, a friend of mine who works for the Customs and Border Protection, 
uh, he just got off and he called me and he said that they were, they were being uh, told, some of the people in his unit were being told to be prepared in case San Diego may need their assistance. Okay. So, so it, it, it is, but again, mostly all the stuff that you saw, the looting, it was some things happened in Santa Ana, that's Orange County, but it was mostly in L.A. Yeah, drop, I feel again, the same the way, thing, man. I feel the same way. I feel it's necessary. We need 40 days and 40 nights of this because it's going to wake people up. It's going to wake up black folks. It's going to wake up white folks. It's going to wake, hopefully, it's going to rattle the cage of the, of the power structure. And I think that people should start reacting wherever they live. So if you live in Santa Monica, join mm-hmm. a movement, start a movement. If, if, you live, okay, well, if you live in Beverly Hills, yeah. join a movement, start a movement. If you live in Cincinnati, join okay. a movement, start a movement. You know, start where okay. you live. And if everybody has that mentality, then, and, and it's an enduring movement. Like, let's not fall asleep in a week, in a week or a month. If it's an enduring movement, then then I think that people can get into it. It'll have an impact. Uh, well, well, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. But all I'm telling you from a man that will be 60 years old in September is that some of that footage that I played from 1967 where the media went into the community and spoke to the people, there was this older gentleman who told a reporter, he said, you're going to, go, you're, you're going to send your son to college. My dad can't send my can't send me to college because your dad makes ten thousand a year and I make three thousand a year. And he said he said if white America does not get the message, this is in sixty seven, he said we're gonna burn down the country or they're gonna be twenty million dead Negroes. Now that was in nineteen sixty seven. Obviously there are way more than twenty million dead Negroes, it's only like thirty three million should be more but that's another conversation but the fact is mr ivy your economic situation changes where you live and if your community is burned down and you economically you have nowhere else to go you don't you have to spend more money to go to your to go to the store because your local cvs or target has been looted and burned down well, here in the city of Cincinnati, that's not the reality. Use, I know, but you're, you're in Cincinnati. Right. This whole thing was for all black people, true. right? True, 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 true. All remember, over the country. We're part of a group. Absolutely. Right? But, we, but we as individuals, we as individuals change our situation, right? We have the ability to do that, right. Right. And that's all I'm saying, Mr. Ivy. From 1967 to 2020. It has to be more emphasis on the individual progressing to make their situation better. Because if your situation is better, then obviously if you're black, you're going to be looked at as part of a group. Yeah, a group. But yeah. again, but for real progress, I'm, I'm interested in that collective, something, that collective movement. Something has to change. Mr. Right. Harry. It's up I, to I us. Just, I hope. I hope. I hope it's economic that make people change because it's always about the money. Well, don't hope. What nobody says. Don't hope. Start a movement huh? around economics and see and get some people to join. Like you. what? I don't know. Like I mean, what? whatever's particular well, to you and your see. opinion and where you live in California, drop. I mean, whatever, right. whatever, whatever you think the okay. movement is necessary. Okay. All I can do is pass my to people that I know that right. are in my circle. Right. But as far as me going somewhere and telling someone this is what they need to do. That 
some most of the time that does not work, Mr. Ivy, because the individual has to want it. The individual has to go get what they want. You can't go to a group and expect everyone in that group to go along with what you oh, say. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Right. So that's why I say from 1967 to 2020, protests, riots, destruction, economic disaster. 1967 to 2020, protests, riots, destruction, economic distress. This is where we are. That's why you keep hearing that word disproportionately. I mean, disparities. I'm not sure if that's why you keep hearing it. 1967 to 2020, something has to change. Rioting does not change anything that people are protesting for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes it makes things worse. No, but that's not what that's okay, not what the, the right. protest isn't designed in and of itself to change things. These protests, it, the rioting, as you put it, awareness. is it's designed to, to grab attention and wake people you don't up. You need that now. What I'm saying is with cell phones, Mr. Ivy. Exactly. But what I'm saying now is the message is already there. Nah, you don't need to march. Nah. You yes, can we have do. A, you can have it. Yes, no, we Mr. do. Ivy, you can have a protest. You can have a protest to and get people to be part to be part of your movement. Yeah, you can, but, but nobody kids. pays attention to the peaceful protest. When you start tearing ish up, when you start oh, okay. breaking windows, so, that's what starts to get people's oh. attention. That's what starts to get the Mr. politicians' Ivy, attention. 1967 to 2020. Yeah. Victimization, protest, riot, destruction, economic distress. Right. What? has changed about that scenario from 1967 to 2020. Well, I would, say, I would say that if you're, looking, if you're looking at policy and if you're looking at politics and how it's affected non-white people, I could rock, we could, if, if we had the time, I could go through a list of significant policies and how it's impacted non-white people. So to say is that nothing has changed is an overgeneralization. So let's just go with this. More needs to change. Okay. More whatever happened More in the last fifty years is that is it is what it is. That's history. What I'm concerned with is what happens today moving forward. And what I'm saying we is did, in right. California, in Ohio, in Kentucky, it's up to you. It's up to the individuals that live there to Thank to you. do it for themselves. And you should Thank take you. you should take this stuff that happened over the weekend as energy yes. and run with it. Yes. That's why I say join a movement, Thank start you. a movement. That's it. Yeah, the movement is yourself. Well, it can be yourself, but you can start something and get other people to jump on board with you if you think it's a benefit to the larger community as well. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah, or I mean, or so maybe you, you're not you a invest. maybe you're not a start the movement tight. You can jump on board with somebody else you think is doing something positive. Right. Join a movement, start a not, movement. Everybody's not made up for that type of right. stuff. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, join a movement. No, people want to know what do I need to do? to get to this place or that place. It's joining a movement. movement. You do need a movement. I don't need to go march. I don't need to go march. Did you hear Killer Mike? I did hear Killer Mike. Over the weekend in yeah, Atlanta. I did Mr. hear Killer Ivy. Mike. I did. That shit was powerful. I mean, that was powerful. It was powerful. Okay. It was and, powerful. And it was about individual action. Nah, it was about collective action. No, no, no. They, right, but he said, it's, he said that if you do use political means, which is very powerful. You you have to have it. Once you get the stuff from the politicians and the government, 
you, the individual, gotta access it and use it. Right, but but we that's why, that's but we why, haven't gotten to once we get to it yet. We have Mr. to acquire Ivey. it yet. We have to build these collective coalitions. No, I know, but Mr. Ivy, people like Iris Rowley, a true freedom fighter, a true citizen, citizen. That's why you hear the frustration in her voice because they're out here trying to help people and people ain't taking advantage of it. She's, she's, she's holding, she's trying to get people involved, more people. That's always her goal. And her efforts are being unanswered because nobody's participating in the way her and her organizations feel that the people that they're trying to help, it's like they don't want our help. Hmm. So again, Mr. Ivy, sometimes it's the individual that has to make the group shine. I shine, we shine. Okay. Me before we in 2020. Something has nah, to change. I say we before me. So these young people, because I don't think your daughter or your son wants to watch what I watched on TV this weekend. What was that? Okay. <laughs> Mr. Ivy, I mean, I saw it from all over. Yeah, we watched it. It, it, it was. It was, it, it, it was, you saw the peaceful, the protests, which were inspirational, inspiring. But then as the evening came on and it, it just, people just forgot about that. No. And it, it became it's all what a part they're of burning, it. what they're tearing down. Well, that's the media. Stealing. That's the mainstream out. media deciding to reporting it that way. I'm going to say it again. For me, the during the day protest is necessary. And at night, right. when they start breaking windows and the tear case, exactly. tear gas start popping, that's necessary as well. It's right. all necessary. That's why you, right. That's why you only see young people at, the, at a lot of these protests and marches because the older people, they've been around. They know it. They see it. And they say the same thing. I mean, it's like, well, you got shit. You got stuff in the hood. You got these programs. You got this. You got that. And again, Mr. Ivy, all I'm saying, sir, 1967 to 2020, something's got to change. There's got to be a better way to include with the protesting to add to it. Because the way it's been happening since I've been seeing it, since 1967, it's always been the same result. You know what? I'm wondering what people are saying. Uh-huh. I'm wondering what people are saying about our conversation right here. Let me let me check in and see what the choppers have to say about <laughs> about what okay. you're saying here. Well, um, well, I mean, I can hang up. I can hang up, Mr. Ivy, let somebody else on because I know I already know what it's going to be because my voice is rarely heard. But there are a lot of people who agree with what I say. Okay. Because there are people that are my age, and there are people that are younger who have heard people my age talk. And now, because of the internet and because of technology, people were people were looking at that 1967 footage, Mr. Ivy. I was surprised that people were actually looking at it, but I was strategically placing it, and people were looking at it. So that tells me that some people were not aware of things that happened back in 1967 as far as how the community felt about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same. They're, I mean, well, a couple so things anyway, here. I, I, couple things yeah, here before you roll me. Like I said, I mean, the choppers do have comments. Let me read a few comments and get your reaction while you're still here. You got time for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Leave out the Uncle Toms and the Coons, though. I, I, I always do. 
I always do. Okay. Um, let me see. Lynn writes, uh, I do believe that there is another element in some of the protesters. I do believe that there are some right wing, right wing extremists doing damage. That's being widely reported on a lot of different levels that you got these white provocateurs. Some are even saying as members of law enforcement is trying to bring more violence and destruction to it to blame it on the so-called black peaceful protesters. Are you aware right. of that? Same thing in 1967. Mr. Right. Harvey, look at my Twitter feed. Right. Same thing. Okay. Exact so same some things never change. Thing. Some things never change. That's what I'm telling you. Billy Rice. This, okay. Rob, okay, go ahead. What do you have to say about your lame ass 45 in his comments? I guess he's talking about the president. Right. 1968, Mr. Ivy, the year after the Detroit riots, Richard Nixon ran as a law enforcement candidate because all the, all the Democrat cities were burning. Just like now, L.A., Detroit, New York, Atlanta, Minneapolis, all Democrat cities. Donald Trump and, and the DNC and the uh, GOP will use this politically. I guarantee you they're going to use it. So nothing changes, Mr. Ivey. So go ahead and read another comment because I guarantee you I can give you the comparison of the exact same thing that happened in 1967 and the political ramifications of it. I appreciate the history uh, perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see here. Uh, um, no real comments towards I, you anymore that I can right. read here. Right, because the comments Somebody writes, what the like F are you talking be, about? <laughs> exactly. That's, well, those are that. the comments. But you know what, Mr. Ivey? You're not going to hear the comments, the comments that agree with me, okay? And I oh, know that. People, but my, yeah, people but agree my with you. Model is, my motto is I reach one, I teach one. Is that it? Okay. That's how I roll. All right. You know, trust but verify. Trust but verify. Nothing you know? wrong with that. And, and, and again, Mr. Ivy, I appreciate your enthusiasm because when you were at the protest, I think you were out there more as a reporter than a protester. Uh, you know, because I found myself, I get, uh, you're right. That was my initial thing, but I'll be honest with you. I found myself, uh, caught up with it. So I was doing some chanting too myself. Right. Um, right. but, but yeah, largely I wanted to be, you know, just your eyes and ears and report back to everything I saw with my own eyes. Right. Well, I'm glad you had that experience and I'm pretty sure you did not have your children out there. And, um, I didn't know but your daughter, I thought your daughter I, is old enough. She's going to be ready. Well, if it wasn't for COVID-19, I probably would have taken her to the peaceful protest that happened here in the city of Cincinnati on Saturday. Right. But uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, they decided to stay home. I decided to keep them at home. So, but drop thanks for the call, man. Thank you. All right, you too. Peace out. Yeah, most deaf. Take it easy. Take it easy. 513-873-7134. If you'd like to share your thoughts, I got my number up on the line. And uh, that's Brother Drop calling in from uh, the west side of the country with some California love. Is that California love? Yeah. A lot of people have been making a a big deal out of what killer Mike said. Killer Mike is an excellent orator. I mean, over the last four or five years, he's had some moments here or there that have gotten everybody's attention. He was at, I think it was the revolt conference. It was the first and second one. He had an ill flow in which he talked about how black people are not ready for the revolution. Super on point. But I'm still trying to figure out his politics. Like, I like Run the Jewels. RTJ. RT. I like Run the Jewels. Um, and, um, you know, he, he Run the Jewels did the, uh, they did the uh, the soundtrack for um, 
for the first Black Panther movie. You know what I'm saying? You remember that sound, that 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 jingle, that that song? That was a, an RTJ. That's Run the Jewels. Uh, that's his hip hop group. Uh, I respect his mental. The brother's very very smart. He's a very smart brother. Uh, but he, but primarily Ti got dragged over the weekend because he referred to speaking of he, Ti was making a desperate appeal in the media. Well, matter of fact, let me play it for you. I didn't want to come, and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Um, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer. And my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are, 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment. Because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw, and we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, home of Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law, stated that whites were naturally the superior race. And the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone 
It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. Yeah, that's Killer Mike from down in Atlanta. I believe this was Friday, Saturday. And uh, he's absolutely right. He said now's the time to mobilize, strategize, to hold all political offices accountable. And that's exactly what we should be doing here in the city of Cincinnati, 100%. What have you said? Now, this whole idea about burning down your own neighborhoods, I'm not really sure that's apropos. I'm not sure that's what's actually happening. Now, later on in the audio, T.I., the rapper known as T.I., T.I., or Expeditiously with T.I., does a, a podcast, he grabs the microphone for a couple seconds, and then he got lampooned by uh, Twitter because he referred to Atlanta as Wakanda. I think the phrase goes, this is Wakanda. You can't do that here. People are like, Wakanda? What is this Negro talking about? <laughs> is he no damn Wakanda? This is America. Sorry about that. Didn't had a black screen for a second. This is America, not a Wakanda. Uh, on point. The brother's on point, I think. Rod Biz writes, even though I don't agree with everything Mike says, he keeps his platform transparent from where he stands. I haven't seen him contradict his, himself at all. Mike is the truth. Well, his relationship and then his public support of the National Rifle Association is troubling. It's very troubling. Because why is he aligning with a political organization, a political construct that I think is ultimately destructive for the black community? He could very well align himself with some of these black gun groups, which, as I understand, across the nation, more and more people are joining black gun groups and getting CCWs. You already know how we feel about it here. How we feel about it here is uh, we do classes. If you want to you, you get your CCW and then go beyond into tactical, then keep listening to the show. I'll put the word out, and you can be a part of it. That's, that's necessary, not just for police, but for anybody that might want to harm you and your black family. You're going gonna, gonna to cry? You know, get into a ball and, and beg for Jesus to come help you. Well, good luck with that, homie. I ain't going to do that. I'm going a different way. TNT writes, Killer Mike, we need his voice. Let me go to the choppers. Uh, see, uh, drop race riots ain't start in 67. They sure didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to tell him that. Ayatollah writes, Jim Neal going out with a bang. Yeah, he is. I talked about that earlier. He flew the thin blue line flag, which at these particular days and times, people take it some kind of way. Uh, when was the last time Republicans ran an urban city? I will wait. Law and order was part of Nixon's platform as well, Warren County. Susan V. writes, Democrat cities, black people have suffered under every administration. WTF is he talking about? I'm not sure. Uh, Cassandra writes, right, Lynn, we've been praying and asking and being nice about telling them to stop killing us. At some point, you fight fire with fire. Fire because they don't respond to peace. I mean, you're right. Peaceful protest is nice. It'll make the news. We'll talk with the organizers. Somebody be doing, um, you know, they'll be doing uh, praise dancing. You know, we'll have all of that. Um, and that's, I think, I think that's, I think that's necessary. You know what I'm saying? I think that those peaceful protests are protests that don't end with, uh, tear gas and broken glass are necessary. They, they have a role. But in my humble opinion, what I've seen happen take place in the streets of Cincinnati overnight is necessary as well. It's necessary as well because the power structure is going to respond differently than that. You know, you, you, they're going to really catch your attention. 
It's just like when you raise your voice. If I say something to you with a monotone voice, you're going to take it one thing. If I raise my voice and start speaking and looking with some inflection, all of a sudden, I'm capturing your attention, right? What's wrong with Nate? It's the same thing with the people. I have no problem with it. You're talking about some broken glass here or there. Now, those businesses, I'm glad to see that there's local business funds people are putting together. They're casualties of the game. But the people have been casualties to the game for so long. Uh, people have been the casualty of the success of the elites in the greater Cincinnati area for far too long. You know what I'm saying? With your with your luxury box at the Bengals, at the Bengals game, you got your luxury box and your private, your private access tunnels and your private security, you know what I'm saying? Down at the at the major league baseball game. Oh, soccer. Oh, yeah. Gotta make sure you get your season tickets for the soccer game. That's great. Mm-hmm. But at what expense? Well, the expense have been the people. And now the people are rising up and letting their voice be heard. And I love it. I want, I'm 100% about it. I got no problem with it whatsoever. Now, I think the line is, is when we start talking about people's lives. You know, you're talking about taking somebody's lives, whether it be an officer or a citizen. I'm not with that. It changes the narrative completely. And then you're talking about the, light, the loss of life. And aren't we out here because of the loss of life? From the very beginning, I would say yes. Alicia Rice, is the training through Arm the Populist? No, it's not. You guys about the training, Alicia? No, it is not. I'm, I'm very aware of what those brothers are doing. I, I, I 100% with them. I mean, anybody that's out here trying to elevate the community, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. 513. Well, he may be troubling, but he did explain himself. Truth is, I didn't agree with his alignment with the NRA. Pardon me. Pardon me. With the NRA, but he stayed true to his beliefs. Uh... You said John Cranley's on CNN? Hold on, let me see if our mayor, what our mayor's talking about. He's on CNN? Send me a link. I want to see it. The mayor of Cincinnati is on CNN, huh? Huh. And, you know, maybe if the lower local, local uh, law enforcement power structure wasn't so resistant. Like, for instance, for years and years and years, Cincinnati got props because we had the historic collaborative. And it is historic. But it was also met with historic resistance, Right, even up to this day, in some in some uh, in some areas, well, that's the lesser story. Uh, we want to act like, oh, everything is great here. Everything is not great here. Well, good morning to you. Thank, thank you for the likes and shares this morning. If you want to get on the show today, you can do so by simply dialing this number five one three eight seven three seven one three four. If you like to share your thoughts this morning, I love to hear it. Somebody writes, you should play the chief statement. Okay. From that same press conference that we were uh, listening to earlier? Okay, let me check this out. Good morning to you. So if you were out and about, please share your media with me. I will share it as well. And uh, um, we're going to go over 10 a.m. obviously this morning. I mean, it's just so much going on. I want to stay with you and uh, continue the conversation as long as possible. I mean, I got so many videos I could play for you. I'm like a video overload here. I'm at video overload. If there's something you think that we should be talking about, some element of what happened over the weekend in this city or beyond, hit me up. Hit me up, and um, we'll make sure we had a conversation right here before we roll out. Yeah, you got so-called celebrities that are now uh, putting testimonials out. Yeah, this was in Seattle. Yeah, these cops in Seattle ain't learned their lesson. They ain't learned their lesson. Let me see if I can pull this up. It's a cop in Seattle that was arresting somebody over the weekend and was about to make the same, well, use the same tactic 
that was used against George Floyd. And that's the, that is your body is on the ground, which, again, is a very dangerous position for, you know, people who are not in shape to be in. It might look like it's all cool on TV, but face down on asphalt with your hands behind your back could start a panic attack. It could start an asthma attack. It can start all kind of, you know, underlying pre-existing conditions to come bubbling to the surface in that moment. And then if, and, and that's just that, like if you took a, if you took 10 people from a crowd just randomly and placed them under arrest face down in the grass with their hands behind their back in cuffs, man, half of them going to start tripping. Half of them going to start tripping, going to start having, <laughs> I can't breathe. J- just from that position alone, let alone having a grown adult male or let's say two or three in the case of George Floyd on top of your body all of them holding a leg or an arm, they'll kill you quick. You could take some officers and do that to them, and they would be in an emergent, they'd be immediately in a physical emergency situation, life or death. Just hands behind your back. They act like that's easy to do. On top of being hit with spray, on top of being hit with tasers, on top of having two or three individuals, like I said, wherever you are right now, let two or three of your friends come up to your house, put you under arrest, hands behind your back, and then start laying on your arms and legs, you're going to start tripping. You're going to start tripping. Watch. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. That is not an easy thing right there. And then when you add somebody aggressively putting their knee in your neck, they will kill you real quick. You'll die that day. I feel the same way about the tasers. I know the officers go through taser training, but they go through taser training at the academy, surrounded by EMTs and people that love them. That's not a street situation. It ain't the same when you just run through the street and get hit with 50,000 volts. It's completely different. These officers be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we we do it all, too. Yeah, you all do it. But when you fall backwards, they catch you and lay you down on a pillow. They put a little blanket over you. And then they bring you back very calmly. That's not the same as a street situation where tempers are flaring and people might have underlying conditions. EMS is nowhere to be seen. Completely different, man. I'm telling you, tasers are lethal. Did you see the, the video of the man? who had a bow and arrow and was pointing it at people. And then he tried to flip the script like, oh, uh, I, I was being I, I was being assaulted. Yeah, you was being assaulted. This is from Salt Lake City, Utah. A man armed with a bow and arrow rushed protesters. <laughs> this man had a bow and arrow. And could you imagine? I mean, that's some road rage for your arm right there. That is some road rage right there. You out here with a bow and arrow, people? And then he tried to play the role, right? Like, oh, yeah, they came after me because I said all lives matter. We don't want to hear all lives matter, man. That's a given. We know that. We already we, are, we don't want to hear blue lives matter. That's a given. We already know that. The mantra today is black lives matter. Non-European American lives matter too. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, this man pulled out a bone. Let me see if I can pull this up for you. Because you got to see this, man. I can't even make this up. This article is from uh, the Washington Examiner. You got to see this dude. This dude pulled up like what? Like what you want to do? I'm taking it. We getting medieval. We get medieval on that arm. We get medieval. See this guy right here? Man reportedly tackled. 
He, he tried to make it seem like he was a victim. You can see him up on the screen right now. But he wasn't no damn victim. He was the perpetrator out here. Let me see if I can play this video. I don't want to play the audio of it, but just to give you some images of it. Here we go. It's only about one minute. This is downtown Utah. Just watch this. Watch this guy. Oh, people. Oh, what are we going to do? I've never seen this before. I've seen it before. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it much bigger than this before. I'm telling you, you go, you go, you, the RNC, they have protests in the streets of Cleveland. Like you, I'm talking about some straight out the movies, yo. This, this stuff I'm seeing is, is not the same. Look at this burning cars down. I ain't got a problem with it. They got insurance. They'll be okay. And here he is. Look at him. Got a bow in You see that shit? You see that bitch? Got the bow and arrow out. Wait, wait, wait. Did he pop somebody? Now they rushed his ass. See, they rushed him. And he's getting exactly what he deserved. Now, oh, you want to pull out a bow and arrow? Yeah. Here's what I think about your bow and arrow. And then afterward, his face is all bloodied up. Now, listen, I'm not in any way promoting the violence of it. What I'm saying is this is what happened. Here, this is the aftermath of it. He's all beaten up. Try to lie. Oh, all I said was all lives matter. No, we got you right here, dude, with a bow and arrow. Who's rolling around with a bow and arrow? And you can just tell by the way his hand motion, his little back muscles right there, that he, this is what he do. Maybe he's a hunter or something like that. I don't know, man. But uh, the crowd taught him a lesson that day. Like, look, you, you know, you pull a bow and arrow on me, you better use it, buddy. <laughs> you better use it. Damn, damn. Brandon Rice, yeah, flipped that script like an MF. Yes, they did. Uh, same to you, Kiki. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, FBI warned of white supremacists in law enforcement 10 years ago. Yep, yep. Alicia posted that. Thank you, Alicia. I've been referencing that article for years. I just met, referenced it last week. We already know that white supremacists have infiltrated the law enforcement because they told us 10 years ago, it was the FBI. They put out a report saying that they had credible information that on various levels around the country that white supremacists had infiltrated law enforcement. So my question is, what is law enforcement doing? What can they do better to filter these officers before they get on the, on the, on the force? And what's the process? Is there an ongoing thing, going filter process uh, when you're a member of law enforcement to make sure that you are exactly the kind of person that we want representing us with a badge and a gun and arrest powers? I mean, that'll be for cities uh, across the nation and the people in those cities uh, to hold their law enforcement officials and leaderships accountable, in my opinion. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, Thunny writes, uh, peace and blessings. Same to you, Thunny. Good morning, brother. You're welcome. I want to know what you saw. I want to know what you think. I want to get your perspective on everything that's happened. 513-873-7134. That's what matters. Ray Rice currently is talking about the 2001 unrest, said police were trained to de-escalate and mentioned Citizens Complaint Authority. I thought that was defunded. Uh, not defunded, as I understand it, just not fully funded. Cassandra Rice, yeah, I saw that. He tried to play the victim. He deserved that error he got. Yeah, I don't have no sympathy for him. Like, you want to bring a born arrow to the fight? I mean, you got to deal with all of it. All of it. Uh, Sharp writes, here's the PPX interview. <laughs> so you found the interview, huh? Oh, uh, let me see. This is Jeff Pastor? Let me see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got this. Yeah, yeah. D listen, 
This the last I saw this on WWT on their Facebook page. They had over two and a half million views. That Jeff Pastor WLWT moment, 2.5 million views. So people all over the city, all over the state, and all over the country are watching that. We can get into it. But right now, I got uh, Sister Iris on the line calling in. Let's go straight to the phones and say good morning. Good morning, Sister Iris. Welcome. Morning. I don't know how good it is, but morning. Uh, morning to the choppers and anyone else that's listening. Someone just called me. I'm actually en route downtown to check on people who were arrested um, so that they're sitting outside. And I don't know if they're sitting outside because of people who were arrested last night because there's COVID inside the building of the Justice Center or what. But I've not heard, and I don't know if that is constitutional of how the individuals who were arrested last night. But I wanted to just answer the question around the Citizens Complaint Authority and all that good stuff that we've been talking about for the last 18, 19, 20 years. It has been uh, um, not given the proper amount of funding in the last couple of years. Now, because we're in a deficit, $91 million, I was told just the other day by the city manager um, that, like all other city departments, uh, it had to take cuts as well. But I believe that it needs to come back and, and be deemed essential again, and it needs to be fully funded because as we see police are escalating um, in this particular time, and people need to be able to express any type of negative engagement interactions with police so that we can monitor. This is how you monitor bad policing. This is what, when you see police who get out of hand and who are able to have 18, 19 uh, complaints and only two investigations, those are the those are the benchmarks that should be placed inside of um, red flagging people, inside of matrixes. How is Mr. Ivy performing as an officer? So we see that he's got 18 complaints, Either he needs to be removed um, from the force or something needs to happen, uh, and, and or are they investigating him? And so I think I read that only twice he was investigated, and it didn't even say why he, what complaint he was investigated for. Who trained him? Why did they train him that way? Who was his overseeing officers? You know, all these things need to be removed. The problem is, Mr. Ivy, and to the choppers, and I'm going to go because I need to focus, is that it's almost, the golf is almost so wide, it's almost like you need to shut it all down and start over. It's not just the police, prosecutors, it's judges, it's everybody that has assisted these systems because it's not just one, to be unjust for so long. It's so amazing how people can become police and, and feel so privileged as if this was their birthright to just get this job and do whatever they want to do. And that's not the way it should be. So... Um, I just wanted to say that to you. I was told by the city manager that before he uh, came onto our Zoom call and said to us that before they, um, before the deficit, they were going to give the Citizens Complaint Authority the additional two investigators. And it's not just for investigation. The Citizens Complaint Authority is supposed to help the MAG monitor the data. It's supposed to help monitor uh, police discipline. It's supposed to make sure that the education around the Citizens Complaint Authority is widely known. So when you, when you have a shortage of investigators, you have a, a shortage of the complete work not just the investigatory work, it's the complete work of what that agency, that independent agency should be doing. So I just wanted to answer that particular question. If there are any more, you know how to get a hold of me. Thank you for your time. I appreciate okay, it. Mr. Yep, that's yeah. Sister Iris Rowley. She says, um, or confirmed that it, it's not defunded, 
speaking of the Citizens Complaint Authority, it just hasn't been properly funded. So there's a couple things here. So one, in terms of the city of Cincinnati, what we're starting to see is that because of COVID-19, the city manager, city officials are saying and deeming certain expenditures as essential and not essential. For me, today, in my opinion, not because I'm cool with Iris and she just called in, but because I genuinely feel this, to me, that those investigators and the funding of the Citizens Complaint Authorities is essential. Like, what would you rather have? What we had over the last three nights again? Or complete funding for the Citizens Complaint Authorities? Uh, citizens, uh, citizens and then she said the MAG, um, or did she say MEG? Is that the city manager's engagement group? And as I understand it, they have suspended their their regular working operations. Um, and maybe they're saying it's because of COVID-19, but you got so many people doing Zoom calls. Why can't you do that in that instance as well? Like if the MEG, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sister Iris, M-E-G, or is it M-A-G? M-E-G is what I think it is. If that is still, if that's not, if that line of communication is not up and running, then does that put the citizens in the community or her at a disadvantage in terms of trying to get us information? And then the question becomes, well, why isn't it? I mean, these are all post what happened over the weekend questions that I think are very relevant to people that live in the city of Cincinnati in particular. Uh, but what do you think? 513-873-7134. I'm still with you. I know other shows are on and people are going live and I think it's all beautiful. I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, let me see here. Uh, the, 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 where are we at here? So let me see if, <laughs> let me see if I can find this. Again, Jeff Pastor, man, 2.5 million views that I saw on WLWT, WLWT's website from his his people calling a rant. I'll go with that. His 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 moment in the media back on Friday when he got very emotional, he was tearing up. I think the same thing happened when he came back down on Saturday. I mean, Jeff Pastor is a very emotional man. I have no problem with that. And I know some people were taking him to task calling him a Republican a puppet and things like that. I mean, that's people's opinion. Everybody going to have problems with what you do. But I don't care what you do. Somebody going to have a problem with it. They're going to have something to say. It is what it is. Prepare yourself. When people are out there doing stuff in the media, in the public, prepare yourself because it's coming. I don't care what it is. It's just, what, it's just the nature of people. Everybody has a different opinion. Don't get too caught up when other people have to say about what you're doing. If you feel like you're on the right track, stay on it. There might be some naysayers out there. Might be telling you, people telling you to stop. Don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. If you feel like you're doing something righteous for the community, stay on that path. Simple as that. Let's go back to the phones. Let's welcome in TNT. How you doing, TNT? I'm fine. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. Trying to stay up. Trying to stay up. I know that's right. <laughs> um, loving the show, as always. I think it's very important for us to... Um, have this conversation and really figure out the next steps. I think, you know, everyone is playing their role right now. And um, George Floyd, he, he was the spark um, to set it all off, even though, you know, the spark was, was flaming for, you know, a while. I mean, all of this is just a combination of every life lost um, 
um, for, for no good reason. And when you look at the names and you look at the faces and all of it, even, I hate to say this, but it's some pictures of Floyd remind me of you. <laughs> I keep saying the gentle giant and stuff. And it hurts. Um, it, it hurts to um, see these individuals and knowing that they should be here right now. They should be living. They should be seeing the beautiful sunlight, you know, ran through our windows. They should be enjoying their family members. And they're gone. And so it's, it's that type of pain that people are feeling that you just can't um, set aside. And so the destruction and everything that we're seeing throughout the nation and now the world, this, this uh, countries, Europe, they're protesting. This is, this is vibrating throughout the world. And it's because um, racism is, is, is a cancer. It is a virus. And it has a way of destabilizing humanity. Like what we're we're fighting for is our humanity, our life. So I don't I don't have any anger towards what is being done because you know they had their foot on our necks for centuries. People keep saying 30, 30 years ago and this 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 it never stopped for black people. The hatred, the disdain. Derek Bozeman, our good friend in Atlanta, he has said something so powerful. He said people have a real disdain for the poor. And it's true. And even some, even black people, some people it's like poor people, you, you drive past and you, and you look at them like, well, why don't they got their stuff together? Then what are they not doing right? And people, everybody have their issue. But people, all people in, in, a, in a very small, vain way have a disdain for the poor. So just imagine police. And they thank you for, it's been times where I had to roll up on a family member. You know, they live in a, a low-income neighborhood, but because, you know, they judge them. And they, you know, they may not talk as articulate or whatever. Um, and they, it's very dismissive. And then when you come and you know your rights, and I can tell you what laws has been broken, and I could be an advocate for that family member or for somebody in the community then we can get justice. Like if you don't know your rights, you don't have them. But these people are officers. These, these are, are, are um, public servants. And they have a duty to protect and serve and and not dismiss the cries and the needs of all people, of all people. But then definitely, and I was trying to explain this to the young people that came over my house yesterday, like they are paid with our taxpayer dollars. We don't give them our money to kill us, to abuse us, or anything. So I'm not, I'm not upset. Everybody has a role, and right now, it is continuous, and it needs to be. So, so now, the, they are um, on their heels. The foot is on their neck. They're built for this. And, and the young people, they have the energy, the, the, the older people, they have the wisdom. The older people right now, we need to bring the wisdom. We need to collectively organize solutions. Now it's time for the negotiators to come to the table, the solutions, right? And there's a lot of things that can be done um, and leveled so we can't get to where, where we is. It isn't about a big kumbaya moment or none of that. Now it's time for real changes in the law. Substantial. It's not for John Cranley to get on CNN and talk about all the things that Iris Rowley, the different ones in the community have been working on and try to promote that 
when on the ground here in Cincinnati, you've been doing everything to muzzle it, you know what I mean, and, and not bring it to the forefront and not even treat it as important as it is. It, it always was important, the work that's been done through the collaborative. So from seeing that, even though I know he, he is on his way out the door, I don't want to hear this FOB press. I don't want to hear nobody talking down about the collaborative agreement and all the good work put forth in, in, in stabilizing our communities. And and compared to some of the other cities, Cincinnati has been doing better, but trust and believe we have more work to do. And, and it's a lot of things that I think needs to be done nationwide. One, all police departments, if, if your diversity level of policing is, is not almost half to, to more, you, you should have at least 50 to 60% people of color on a police department. Diversity matters. And what we see, in our, even when, you know, police officers who are, are of color goes into that whole mindset of, of, of mistreating people that are um, of color, too, a lot of times it's because they're in a situation where they're outnumbered and they become a part of the pledge. But when you have more diversity, more like minds, and then also um, those police officers need to live in that community. They need to know those people. You can't keep bringing people from the suburbs to police our urban communities, and they don't have any connection. We have to change that mindset of, of thinking. And it's the same for the poor, and it's the same for, for people that don't look like them. You don't have no relationships with people of color. You can't police us. You have to. You have to know. You have to have a diverse diversity and background and have that to even treat others respectfully. It's sad to say, but, they, but it's, it's so needed when you're giving a person that type of power and authority over others. Um, we, we also need to um, what they what they could be doing right now. Every police department in America, they need to go through their um, complaint authorities that they have one like we have one. And every officer that has three or more police brutality or complaints like that, they need to be let go or spent or something. They need to be put in some some um, extensive training. And really, I, I mean, I, I would go so far to say let go because what we're seeing right now, you are a liability. And just chance after chance after chance after chance, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> taking the chance, and and we don't have to protect those type of officers. There's no point of having you know this data, and then you do nothing with it. You know that this person has been trouble in your department, and you do nothing with it. But that goes with the chief, that goes with your 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 mayor, your city. They need to be combing through that right now, right? Um, we need to remove those provisions in those police unions that protect the police, that allow them like great tension, and you getting paid after you done kill somebody. You know, you, you caused all this disruption, you took a life, and then you get paid, and that has to that has to be removed. And then the sad part, what the biggest fear of what I heard one of the Bose family members, his uncle say, my greatest fear is that he'll get to be a police officer again. And he could. Somebody from another department in another county could hire him. After you done killed the man. So it's those type of provisions that have to be removed 
we have to quit protecting uh, bad officers. Like a rotten apple spoils the bunch. Got to remove them now. Um, you know I have my my John Crawford proposal that that addresses um, accountability for law enforcement law enforcement that uses deadly force and everything mm-hmm. from eliminating the ambiguous language in the law that allows them to say I fear for my life the reasonable presumption of it that has to go um, mandatory protocol for standards of approach you know remembering John Crawford. You know, if they would have just took a second and did their due diligence and understood that uh, this wasn't what it was, instead of just coming in like gangbusters in 1.2 seconds and shooting this man, he would still be alive today. Um, De-escalation, of course, they do more firearm training. They do more hours in firearm training than they do de-escalation. That needs to, de-escalation training needs to be the equivalent or more. I had read a newspaper, uh, or, or reread a newspaper where I was in it, and, and Dan Hills act like he didn't understand what I meant by that. I don't understand what she means, more hours, when um, they were interviewing me about this proposal um, at, the, at the NAACP National Convention. I see his comments in response to me. I don't know what she means, more uh, de-escalation now. That's what I, that's what I mean. Um, also, we have to have a standard that is so high that any police officer that um, go against our, our, our fringes on our rights, because we have rights, and like I said again, we are citizens, we pay them with our taxpayer dollars. Anyone that infringes on our rights have to go, um, because you don't get to violate our rights even a little bit. We allow them you know, even if it's just a small thing, small thing, and the small things evolve into the big things and to the point where somebody is dead. They are officers. They are trained. They're supposed to know the rights of citizens, and they shouldn't infringe upon that. And it shouldn't be some gray area all the time on what that looks like and what that is. And then they should be drug tested. I want to be, they're, they're doing toxicology uh test on on the victim but you know there is a lot of uh, you know individuals i'm getting a little bit of feedback there's a lot of individuals who are um under the influence and they're working so he should have been drug tested just as well just to make sure that the actions that he's taken or the police officers the actions that they've taken um, are not um, under the influence, which is very important. And so um, those are some of the things. Now it's the time for, time for solutions. It's time for the negotiations. There's, there's factors in every part of the world. You know, what's going on? These young people, they are courageous. They are relentless. You know, this it was the young people back in the day that put their bodies, put their freedoms, and everything on the line. What I'm worried about, because of the, the provocation that continues to happen, is going to get to the point where somebody is going to shoot the police officers. They're going to shoot, and the crowd. They're going to shoot back too, and, and lives will be lost on both sides. Because I think they want to go to war like that. They really do. Like this, this, 
it's really serious. You you're not giving us an alternative. Like if if you're gonna do if 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 being a good citizen means I allow the officers to put me under arrest so you can do to me what you did to George Floyd, well we might as well just bang and it's every man for himself and whoever wins from the beginning. Then. Why should I succumb right. to an arrest if this is what you're gonna do to me? I might as we just bang it out. I would just bang it out. Whoever wins walks away. You said it a few, like last week. What do you, if you were there, what do you do? Do you have a right to intervene if you see a police officer killing someone? Like everyone there was damn near paralyzed. You saw a man like dying. And it's almost like if you get in, you, you fear for your preservation of life because those type of situations it don't end well with you but what do you do like a man is literally dying in your in your face right your camera phone like, right and i think if it was my family member something might have compelled me to like run jack them particularly the one that was on his neck and i might have been hemmed up roughed up and everything else but i hope in that moment he would have been able to breathe Again, if you want to just hop on his neck, sometimes that might have been a sacrifice you have to make. Or I might have, you know, but then why do we have to feel so paralyzed that you can't even intervene because you fear of your own life of how a police officer might do you or treat you? And that's, that's a scary situation. And it's sad that you have other officers there and none of them have the common sense or even the, the will to stop another officer when they're doing wrong, clearly. Like, everybody else can see this is wrong, but you don't see that. You're just sitting there like, uh, go ahead, take a video. <laughs> Blow it up if you want to. I don't give a, you know what I'm saying? That's, that was the, like you said, the cavalier attitude that all, all of them had. Mm-hmm. But you know what, TNT? Let me, let me add this. Hey, TNT, let me, what do we do? Let me just add this to your point. There was a young sister. Her name was 17 years old. Her name was Darnella Frazier. She was there. She was one of the folks who was, who videotaped it. And apparently people went back on her Facebook page and blamed her. Like, why didn't you do something? Um, Iris Rowley, and I know you know this already, but for the larger audience who may not know, she does something with CEAI. So they've been doing, in some cases, uh, twice a week, but usually once a week, uh, essentially Zoom conversations. In the last one I watched in, in its entirety, she had the police chief. She asked him, what do you do? His response was, well, listen, you know, you know, basically what he through what he said and the way he said it, it was kind of like you're basically putting your fight, your life on the line. If you try to get in the middle of that, you basically got to be willing to kill a police officer in a situation like that. It's kill or be killed, because if you get in the middle of that, from what I understand and what I picked up, they've been trying to defend themselves to the end. Like that's basically right. obstructing justice in their opinion on the streets. So it's 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 do or die. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And see, if, if that would have happened, um, and say nobody died in the end, this camera, I, I don't know if this would have made national news, they would have been charged for attacking a police officer. And, and you know, it could have been something substantial. And it could have been just more to it than that. And we this would have never came to the light of day of, of just the heinous, police force and brutality that that happened and how a man almost died. But this happens to a lot of people every day. 
where you come so close to death by a police officer and it never see the light of day. And, and, and now you have to argue this out in court. And no one believes you. It's always the side of the officer. So it's, it's these things. People still got to keep rolling these cameras. They need the evidence. But this, this whole, you know, everything a police officer do is right. Every, you know, that whole mentality, it got to go out the window. People have to be fair. People have to be transparent. And, and in these situations like this, you know, people have to almost be willing to die. And that's, it's sad. Because if there was more order, proper order and accountability, that's the word, accountability, we wouldn't have to feel like that. We wouldn't have to do that. We shouldn't have to do that as citizens. We pay them with our tax dollars. We should have to do that when we see a bad cop doing bad things to citizens. But um, that's all I got. That's all I need, TNT. Thank you so much for the call. Glad you're safe. All right. Yeah, most of that's TNT, NAACP, among other things, one half of the Dynamic Duel that does the Truth and Power podcast. And uh, you can check them out when uh, when the next, it's been a minute, but when we do the next podcast. Um, very concerned about the community. I know firsthand she's official. She means everything she says. Uh, but good morning to you, 513-873-7134. We're going a little bit over, but we can do that. Uh, new black media should be media should be nimble, uh, and it should be responsive to the community and what you think is important. I want to try to get as many of your comments as possible. I know we had a couple of people that called when TNT is on was on right now. I'm running one phone line, so when I've got somebody on, typically I can't take another call. I don't take another call. I could merge them, um, but if you want to call back into the show, I'm still here. I'll put my number back up so you know exactly where to follow me. First, Twitter. I'm at Nathan from Cincinnati. Nathan from Cincy. That's also uh, my my handle on Instagram as well, and uh, we can connect that way if you if you choose to do so. In terms of my number, there it is, 513-873-7134. Open your mind before you open your mouth. That's it. Other than that, it's all good. Good morning, family. What's going on? From Facebook, they've been conditioned, programmed to defend at all costs. Not trained, I would say. At some level, it's brainwashing. Brian Taylor writes, she said that. Put down the camera phone and tackle the killer. Got a call coming in. We'll go straight to the call here. Uh, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure they got that number. I think that's another call. Uh, call me back, 513-873-7134. Greg writes on Facebook, I like what the caller is saying. They cannot kill and jail all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the real one of the more forgotten stories and I've seen some people put this on Facebook is a story of Darnella Frazier, 17 year old who took the video of George Floyd being suffocated. Now think about how this young girl is going to be impacted by that. My daughter has been given a choice about whether she wants to watch the video of George Floyd. You know me, I want her to see it. I was going to sit down with her, look at it with her, view it with her and then discuss the history and everything that's relevant with her. I keep it real with her. I don't have time. I can't remember all this kind of stuff. I got to keep it real. Okay trying to tell, remember what I didn't want to tell her. She 14, she needs to know. And what I would say is that this is bigger than just law enforcement. This is bigger than law enforcement. This is about our children. This is about how the Cincinnati public schools are treating our children. Is the Cincinnati public school treating our children like criminals? 
Um, I think about some of the frustrations that I've had dealing with the administrators and the teachers at my current school. And it's funny. It's like these teachers and administrators are almost like law enforcement officials in the sense that like they have some sway over the punishment that that black children are getting in our public schools. And I'm just wondering, I say that out loud to CPS, this is about you too, B. Don't get it twisted. This, this is about you too. Yeah, this is this is about all these uh, institutions here in Cincinnati that have for far too long been okay with the status quo as long as it, did, is it, over, is it overburdens uh, black families. And, uh, you know, if, if and I've talked to parents and, you know, it's funny that some of the interactions that parents have had at CPS are similar in nature to some of the reactions that people are having with CPD and with law enforcement in particular. Don't get it twisted. You know, everybody talks about the prison to school pipeline, but what are we really doing about it? What are we do? We got some Karens that work for CPS, Society Public Schools. Yeah, you. Talking about you. Yeah, this is no Cincinnati polite time. That's the truth. We got a lot of issues, a lot of racist institutions and institutions that have been working um, uh, against the benefit of our community. And it need to be called out right here, right now. This is the time. All of it. Put it all on the table. Uh, but what do you think? 513-873-7134. So don't let your local school system off the hook with this. They're part of this problem, too. Don't let them off the hook with this. Hold them accountable as well. I want you to think about this. The prison to school pipeline. I'm sorry, the school to prison pipeline. Where does it start? Well, it starts with uh, black children in these schools that are overpunished for the for minor offenses, or or either their issues are overlooked and forgotten, and or they they're they're looked upon as bad students. And then you got parents who, in their righteous outrage, raise their opinion about it, and they're told by teachers and administrators basically to get over it. I've dealt with it myself. Would you want, I, listen? You don't want to hear my story. I ain't gonna take the time. You don't want to hear it. You won't believe me. Uh, you won't believe it. So I'm saying this to all the folks that work for Cincinnati Public Schools. You can get this work too. You can get this work too. You deserve some of it, quite honestly. In my opinion, I'm being radical now, huh? Nate, why you got to say that? It's good people that excuse. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, don't we, that's going to be a separate show. Uh, C. Smith, right? What? Nate's still on? Yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is. CPS is a part of this. The public schools, the way they treat our children, the way they discipline our children, the way they talk to parents, is all a part of this. If anybody says that they are against the prison to school pipeline, ask them what they're doing in particular in the city of Cincinnati. What are they doing with Cincinnati public schools? You ask them that. I'm just being real with you. You know it's true. There's no more time for BS. Keep it 100% rizzle. I mean, that's what people who work for Cincinnati Public Schools, you should be looking at yourself like, what are we doing? How are we a part of this? How have we contributed to this? How are we going to make things better? How are we going to be more accountable for our students and our teachers? You tell me, 513-873-7134, if um, you want to share your thoughts. And for all the white folks, we'll let you know how you can be a part of the movement, wherever you live. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. You'll see it.
You'll see. Good morning to you. Uh, back to your chat. I mean, it's, if we passing out work, don't miss them. Now, when we pass, when we look, when we asking for receipts, don't forget the schools. I know we we, we talking about law enforcement. We talking about the systems of inequity that persist today. Don't forget our school systems now. They they quiet right now. They don't want us to talk about it. But yeah. Uh, B. Rice, you hitting all the points today. Gonna make me mess around and start a podcast. Hit me up. Let's do it. I, I'm, all, I'm all about black media. I believe in the power of black voices. That's why I do what I do. I think it's very, very important for people to create their own media. And we see so many great examples of it, even here locally. I say, do your thing. The revolution will be digitized. It will not be televised. It will be digitized. It'll be on the internet, baby. Just like Ferguson. If it wasn't for the internet, we never would have known about Ferguson until you know, uh, traditional media decided to give us their narrative. But because ha- people had the power of these right here, the power of this right here, they could do their own thing. Uh, Jordan writes, uh, the board sold our children out with that ugly ass stadium. Tell them. I talked with some of the board school board members, and I'll be honest with you, I mean, a lot of good people who I think overall, you know, want to believe and believe they have the best interests of our community. But some of their decisions, like the big decisions, have got to reflect that. The big, big decisions, like the little stuff, yeah, we can agree on that. I'm talking about the big stuff. When we talk about big money, we talk about big issues like, I don't know, a stadium. Yeah, people want to know, well, why are they protesting around the stadium? Because people are smart to understand what that represents. They're smart to understand all of that. Uh, 100%. Do not forget the Cincinnati public school system. Are they really benefiting our children? Are the teachers and administrators working with you or working against you? Are your children being treated fairly when they have discipline issues? Okay. If your your child is abused by a teacher, ignored by an administrator, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Who do you call? You go, don't call. Don't say you're gonna call CPS because they don't even want you to know. Like the superintendents has got a couple superintendents, and you got the, the main superintendent. They don't even want you to know their email address. You can't even find their email address nowhere. They don't even want you to talk to them. So what do you do? Oh, that's right. They got a new way to hundred one eight hundred number. I bet you call that number. Who knows if you're gonna get a return call? Who knows? I mean, if we're gonna have the conversation about what's going on here locally and what needs to happen, let's have the whole conversation. Let's have the whole conversation. Let's go all the way with it. And that's a part of it as well. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Good morning to you. Uh, Jordan writes, let's not forget they have a half a billion dollar budget, more than the city of Cincinnati. Half a billion dollars? There needs to be more accountability. I know there's people out there working uh, on those issues right now. I support all those efforts, man. Those people starting black agendas in the city of Cincinnati. I support all those efforts. I'm about it. Do what you got to do, period. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, and if they don't like it, so what? So what? Um, let me see here. Um, back to your chat here this morning. Uh, uh, you know, people say Nathan, I be so blown. I don't really care about that. I didn't do the video to blow up. I did the video because I want to connect with you. I, I'm not into this for clout. 
I never did radio. I never did anything. I don't care about no clout. I'm a much more of an introverted person anyway. Anybody who knows me will tell you about me. I'm doing it because it needs to be done. I'm saying it because that's my God-given ability. That's what I was put on the earth to do. That's why I'm doing it, period. Uh, Bunky's in the house. He writes, some of us are lucky to escape that, but the prison industrial complex is always our second option. They have created for the impoverished. Uh, Bunky, your profile pick is a trigger for some people, is it? Let me see here. Let me see his profile pick. Uh, I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. Do you, bro? Do you? That's why we need more black teachers. Yeah, we need black teachers that, that, that know they black and have a black consciousness. I mean, I've ran into at least at least one teacher in the last year or so, a black teacher that, uh, you know, I didn't have to tell a dude to his face. You a sorry excuse for a black man. I don't bite my tongue when it comes to my children, and I don't give a damn what they think about it. And you asking yourself, Nate, did you say that? Yeah, I did. I did. To his face. He didn't like it. Well, you, what, 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 my man, what, what humans don't like another man telling you that? But it is. That's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem. I'm always ready to go to jail. Let's go. Let's go. I'll be out real soon. <laughs> we, we prepared for that. Uh, we'll be out. No problem. If not, then, then I'll be in there. It ain't, it ain't the worst thing in the world. So, yeah, I did. So I, I, we do need more black teachers. We need black teachers with black consciousness who understand that what's the use of having a black teacher if you're going to do what the white teachers do to the black kids? I don't need you. Stay. Go back to where you came from. I don't need you. Uh, county and state making money off these juveniles in the pipeline. Yep. Hashtag, can you hear me now? That's Pop from Broadway, from the, from the barbershop. Hey, Pop, they can hear us now, can't they? Oh, they hear us now. That's why I say I ain't gonna come in here and tell you no kumbaya. Oh my God! Don't break this. Don't break that. No, because from what I see intellectually is now you catching people's attention. And what's making it even better, family, is it's happening all over the country. It ain't just one city or one state. It's happening everywhere. And so it's it's making the movement for change even more um, even more pressing, in my opinion. I don't really want to play the Jeff Pastor piece because I, I guess I could play it. Because it seems like it was so long ago, and at the end of the day, Jeff Pastor is not the biggest story of what happened over here. He's just one small part of it. He ain't the biggest story. That's it. It's not about Jeff Pastor. You know what I'm saying? I can play it for some issue giggles, and that, but I, I'm a little past that now at 11 a.m. Now, here we are three hours into the program. I didn't plan on going three hours. We got the festibility to go up to five, maybe even 24 hours here. Um, but it just seems like that's what's necessary here at this particular time, so I'm willing to do it. You spend the time with me, I'm willing to spend the time with you. 513-873-7134. Mrs. Love being black writes, I am the only black teacher K-3 through in my school, and the school is 85% black. Well, number one, let me stop right there. I know if you're the teacher, I know you're a real one. So I know, them teach, I know they're getting a, a conscious black woman who's teaching them. But she continues to write, uh, I'm fighting for students. Sometimes I feel like I'm by myself. We need more black people in education. Schools are full of Karens. Schools are full of Karens. Schools are full of Karens, you know, in charge of, in some ways, our black children. And it can be scary. Like I told you, man, if I, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't believe me if I told you some of the stories. And my daughter attends what was supposed, what everybody calls one of the best schools in the country. You wouldn't believe it. If I told you some of the stories from other parents at that particular school, you would not believe me. You wouldn't believe me. You wouldn't believe it. It's unbelievable. And he's supposed to look at you like, like you crazy. They, they will say the dumbest things to you dealing with your child and sit there like, well, what you going to do about it? 
And I just want to know, I, I just, I, man, listen, listen, don't get me started. Because uh, I, I, I'm built for this. I got time for this. I got 24 hours for this. We can do this any day, all day, every day. Just let me know. Just let me know. Uh, let me see. Uh, where do I want to go here? I mean, it's just so many things. I mean, I think we'll be going through this stuff all day. Uh, I'll be honest with you. As I get off the air here, family, there's a big part of me that feels like I want to see this continue. Does anybody agree with that? I, I want. We need a little bit more. I think we need 40 days and 40 nights. We got three days in, three nights in. Well, two days and three nights. Because Friday was got started a little late. So we got three days and I'm sorry, we got three nights and two days in. We need 40 days and 40 nights. So we need. What's up, Jeffrey? Thanks for the like and the share, man. I appreciate it. What's up, Jeff? My man, Chef. I mean, there's so many great people around the country, man, tuning into the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, have a re- have an excellent rest of your day. I really appreciate you. I'll be here. Something should happen. I'll be going uh, live, you know, whenever. I do have some plans I want to put in play because I want to add to the conversation. Okay, not to take away from what anybody's doing. I want to add to the overall environment here in the city of Cincinnati. You know, I, I want to practice what I preach. And uh, I'll be sharing with you uh, some very soon some plans that I have that I think is support uh, our agenda and support what other people are doing and to create platforms. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a programmer and a platform creator. Okay. And that's what I want to do for the betterment of the people that live in the city and the state of Ohio to the best of my ability. And if you like to be on board, then great. If not, cool. Stay out, out stay the hell out the way. No problems. It's all good. Uh, fast pitch rights, keep applying pressure. Absolutely. I mean, right now, th- this is a form of pressure, but we need other forms of pressure. We need multiple forms of pressure. If you go back to the civil rights movement, it wasn't just one group. They got shit done. It was multiple groups that came together collectively. And I want to be a part of that. You know, we on the same team. Believe me. We on the same team to my people out there. And uh, whatever I do, I want people to look at it as I want to add to the conversation and help um, the overall movement here, okay, in the city of Cincinnati. So I'll share with you very, very soon. It's all about that. It's all about that family. Nothing else matters. Uh, Kevin raised my hand is raised. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you, Kevin. Appreciate you. Uh, wait a minute. I'm getting invitations to something here. Okay, that's not relevant to the conversation right this second. Yeah, good morning to everybody. I really appreciate you being here. What am I missing here? What is going on? Is there something we should be talking about right now that I'm missing? I don't want to get off the air then. It's like, oh, Nate, did you see this? Did you hear this? I can't see everything. I was out and about every single night to the chagrin, to the uncomfort of my wife. I'll say it again for people who who just shared. I'm putting this out here publicly so people know in case something happened to me and us. But then secondly, I'm putting it out there just because it was something interesting that happened over the weekend. and It's still having an impact in my wife. Or with my wife and in my family. And that is, I wasn't here. I was out covering uh, the frustrations and the tensions on the streets of Cincinnati. The wife calls me up like, what's going on? You okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. I told you I was going down to the protest. She was already worried. As any woman would be, any wife would be with her husband and the mother, the father of her children. You know, two children together, 15 and 5. Or 14 and 5. And um, apparently four white male police officers came to my house. And knocked on the door. I wasn't here. Um, so that particular time, there was no car in the driveway. Um, I don't know if they were in a marked car or not. I have to ask her. I would assume they were in a marked car. She would have made said that to me. 
knocked on the door very aggressively and then left. So she was uh, felt some kind of way about it, never answered. So I'm going to call over to the district and see if I can't get some answers as to why four police officers would need to come to my door. Why? Um, ain't no warrants over here. Now, if you made a mistake and you thought you were serving a warrant, okay, things happen. We don't have no warrants. Okay. So why would it take four officers all on the port, on my porch at one time to ask us a question? Now, had it been one officer, let's say it's two officers. Okay, but four officers? I mean, what's that all about? Now, um, you know, when you when you out there, you out there. And I've gotten, over the years, I've gotten all kinds of calls, man. All kinds of calls from people who all of a sudden have my personal cell phone number, right? And they're calling me, making threats, or the phone, which has happened, or police stopping by the door, or which has happened, or all of a sudden the phone doesn't work anymore, which was happening over the weekend. Anybody have any difficulties getting online when you was downtown? I had a lot of difficulties getting online. I know there's technology that can jam those kind of communications, so I don't know. I'll put it out there, uh, but I'll make the necessary phone calls to try to get to the bottom of it because... Uh, less for myself and more for my wife. Now, when that happened on Saturday, now the whole weekend, every move I make, she's super terrified. I mean, every time I, I'm like, first of all, she was joking. Like, wait a minute, come on, you know, we do this. That's what we do. We built for this. She's now giving me these looks. I'm like, you know, and as her husband, that's giving me room to pause. Like, oh, snap, let me find out. So I'm putting it out there so everybody knows. And uh, she was worried that when I came home, just imagine me coming home six foot four and don't give a F. And you got four white police officers on my porch asking questions. And like I told the wife, you mean, you know, listen, I won't even tell you that was more personal, but let's just say I'm not here to start anything, but you know, I'm not trying to go out like uh, George Floyd either. Uh, Sheila writes, did you hear about the blackout in July? Yes. I'm very aware about the blackout that's happening in July and I'm with the blackout. I love blackouts. I mean, if we all going to blackout our dollars, cool. I'm with it. I'll join the movement. Um, but for me, uh, I, and again, again, I don't know all the details about it, Sheila, so I don't want to speak on it. I'm not trying to say anything negative about what anybody's doing. Um, uh, what I hope, should I say, is that following the blackout is an enduring movement, right? We need some endurance after that. You know, a blackout to me is just a first start. And what happens afterward is really what's going to matter. Pardon me, pardon me, appreciate that. But I did hear about it. I did hear about it. Uh, good morning to you. So uh, listen, I'm gonna make my, I'm gonna do what I do, and and, and bid you a good day. I hope you have a, a excellent rest of your day. I'll be monitoring media. If something should happen and we need to go live, then you'll get a notification. There's a couple ways to check out the show. Now we kicked it off last week. To this point, I've gotten a good response, so I'll continue doing it. Uh, I'm doing it for you. So if you like it and respond to it, I'll continue to do it. In particular, if there are questions, like if you have a suggestions about what we can do with this audience on how we can make a difference, please send me a direct message. Again, I, I think that what anybody should do and what everybody can do is you can join a movement and you can start a movement. You can join a movement and you can start a movement. You can join a movement and you can start a movement. Like everybody listening right now has the ability. You have something going on that's unique to your observation that only you can bring to the table. And when you do that, you should have people to help to support you. Hey, Terry, thank you so much for liking today's show. I appreciate it. I'm about to make a move. Many things going on today. There's a lot of stuff going on and uh, can't even get to all of it. I know we didn't hit the, all of our media today. 
I had a lot more media planned for you. But again, my focus is your is your voice. My, my focus is your opinion. You know, this show is a soundboard for your opinion. I have very strong opinions that don't spare them, but I'm not shy about your strong opinions. Feel free. Hopefully you've been tuning into the show maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time. That's something you remember about this show. On this show, the currency is your opinion. And we can always agree to disagree. That's it. Viva La Chapas. When I say Chapas, I'm referring to the people who are listening on the audio feed on Spreaker. You can feel free to do so. You go to NathanIvy.com, click on today's show, and then uh, follow and subscribe. You can also turn on your notifications for Facebook. That way, whenever I do a live stream, you'll get a notification of it. And I want you to have an excellent rest of your day. Have an excellent Monday. Remember our motto here. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners. So stay winning and stay focused. And we'll talk real soon. We'll talk real soon. Have an excellent rest of your day, family. I'm Nathan Ivey from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm out.